researched and looked back at what we're doing, all of a sudden we're like, oh, look at all this great material. You, know, you don't have to kind of figure it out. It's all out there already. So uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun to go down memory lane and kind of contextualize uh, what it is. You're obsessed with that. No, I need to, if I'm going to buy the gnome, I need to make sure that he can be seen. There he is. This is the Christmas okay. gnome. Okay, the Christmas gnome is, is there. So very good. Um, yeah, and then I think, you know, that's definitely t uh, twice a month. And then um, I'm thinking about potentially running a segment on the campaign I'm running, uh, the challenges as a DM, you know, kind of a review of the game, the session, and do Q&A or something like that. I may do that once a month as well. So... I still feel like we're going to do at least, but at least twice a month, we're but three or four times, you know, knowing us, if we have a lot of special guests also coming up. So it's really got a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, again, thanks. And this is all due to thanks to our patrons. Uh, if you can review and like and subscribe on YouTube and iTunes, that makes things a lot easier. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a heraldry to do this week. So it's a shame because that's always fun to do. I was ready. Especially when... Uh, 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 yes, yes, sir. This is uh, our, <laughs> our dear friend from Sweden. Um, he's the uh, I gotta make sure I have his title officially uh, done because I don't want to uh, say it incorrectly. The master, his most august piety, baron, contentious lord of Sweden says, Yeah, well, well I think what happened was you know, we started to realize when we were thinking we were, we were struggling with topics. And when we, we realized maybe the next topic was be that, that Dive 4, what's that all about? <laughs> we realized maybe we were... Is this a caltrop or a thing? <laughs> we were running out of topics. <laughs> well, it's a balancing act. I think, uh, you know, I, I will say we'll do a minimum of two. If there's topics and guests, you know, we've been getting a lot more guests. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of great people who have been helping us uh, 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 find folks who are so important to the history of this or doing great things today. Um, if we have guests, we will find the time. Um, it's just we don't want to get in a situation where we're just showing up, like you said, uh, you know, the, the advantages and disadvantages of each polyhedron. Do you prefer, right, when the topic is, do you prefer the old style where right. it was on the bottom right. or the new style on the top? Right. Let's discuss. Uh, yeah. Let's discuss. <laughs> um, and while we're talking about great guests, I think we should uh, uh, give a bump to Carlos Lysing because yeah. tomorrow night... On yeah. his uh, Twitch channel. Okay. He's interviewing Luke Igax. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, tune in tomorrow night, uh, 8 to 10 p.m., Luke Igax. Okay. So, uh, and so you can flood the chat room with your anti gnome comments. Yes, anti, well, they're not anti gnome, they're just refuting the uh, refuting the not the fact they're factual they are they're not only factual they're speaking truth to power there seems to be a uh just such a pro gnome faction out there on twitter that someone has Damn. to be the resistance that's me no it's not okay. just you there's others out there yeah. so um i would love bigger random encounters perhaps with a well Okay. Did someone say random encounter? Yes, we're going to do random encounter. We've got a holiday version of the random encounter. We do. Right, so we're going to work on that next. Um, the Swedish Challenge, which again, thanks to our uh, August friend, we've done very well there. But we've also number seven in Australia. How about that? That is very, yes. So we didn't have a top ten Australian challenge or else we'd be flying down there. Which I, We need to get our globe because I'm not quite sure exactly where Australia is. We'll have, yeah, we'll have room for it here. Yeah, so, I think it's close. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. I think it's going to take a two-hour flight. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? 
Yeah, it's like going to, to New Orleans, yeah. exactly. <laughs> to our connection. Mm-hmm. You're gonna fly to New York and then fly. Here. We're gonna need a lot more patrons if that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my my actually my father-in-law is in New Zealand right now. So that's he he, he winters there. Okay. So uh, he's he's always threatening me and asking me to go down there. I said, well, when you provide me the thousands of dollars to go down there, I'll be happy to do that. So, okay. Um, so uh, I love the. Well, we're definitely going to keep doing that. Absolutely. So uh, one of our, our dear friends is asking, making sure we do the random things. And in fact, uh, the people ask and we shall deliver. We're going to do our, our random encounter right now. And I think we go right to, I think we proceed right to the feed folio on this okay. one. Is that okay? Because we fine. need, because so the holiday theme of this is that uh, we're going to be doing the Arctic. That's right. Lady uh, Medusa has. Encounter. So we, we it's almost, uh, picture the scene. It is, what is today? The 22nd of December. Just a short, or 23rd if you're in, uh, or soon to be the 23rd. But most and, of our listeners, it's, it's the 23rd. That's right, almost the 23rd. <laughs> and um, those who don't know the legend of uh, Krampus or Krumpus or whatever. Whoa, don't, you're asking for trouble, buddy. I, I cheat death all the <laughs> you time. You really do. That's right. Uh, he, has, uh, he has dispatched Lady Medusa to take care of Santa and his pesky elves. Right. So she has traversed to the northern regions. Yeah. Uh, but in going there, like in any true old school D&D thing, uh, adventure, uh, she can't just show up there. She has to do a hex crawl through that. So yeah, very is, Dorso ass. That's right. Vic she's, Dorso's she's, waiting. Right. <laughs> Vic right. Dorso would be a random encounter that people would be terrified We should have done his stats. That's right. He's he kind of like a giant. He's he like a, a frost giant. Yes. If, well, if you see the picture on our website, he's a, he's a very large. Yeah, he's a frost giant. He is. He's very big. So Lady Medusa is looking for Santa. Right. In the Arctic. Now, is she going to be? Is it the plain, the rough, or the mountains? Do we need to roll for that? Yes. I like this. Includes ruins. You're in the Arctic. Well, there could Are there be ruins, ruins in the Arctic? Well, there's going to be after Medusa. Well, there could be an igloo. It could be an igloo that was uh, old workshop. Oh, that's right, the old workshop. <laughs> Maybe that was overrun and they had to move the workshop. Well, that's true. Yeah, right. Rebuild. Well, well, a bigger, the, a bigger one. The magnetic pole is constantly moving. Maybe they want to be aligned to the magnetic pole. That's true. We're making stuff up here. We are all right. In the plane. We're in the plane. So well, she's just walking along. She's walking in the frozen tundra just across. I see her in like a parka. Yeah, she has a parka. She's got her hood covered. <laughs> so you covered. can't see the uh, right. snakes. The snakes, that's right. Hello, lady. That's right. You know, can I help you? That's, Are you lost? Yeah, it, she pulls it. There would be no surprise unless it was camouflage because literally you're on the plane. But the snakes would be a surprise. Yes, Oh, when she pulls off that hood. Yes, that would be surprising. All right, you want to roll the percentile here? Yes, I do. All right, let's do it. I do want to roll that. Uh, ten. I was looking at ten because there's only two creatures here where there's a single die, die roll, uh-huh. and this was one of them. Frost men. Frost men. A frost man. Frost man. <laughs> Not frost woman. Frost okay. men. This is is this fiend folio? Is this marshmallow two or fiend folio? I feel like it's fiend folio. I feel like they have a ray gun or something <laughs> like that, don't they? I think they don't they have the sunglasses. Is this the guy? I'm yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, they're the guys with the sunglasses. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we're in fiend folio, page forty. So Lady Medusa, why are they, it says Frost Men in the random encounter, and then you look at number appearing, and just it's one. one. Cause I'm like, frost oh, this man. is awesome. It's gonna be like a gang of Frost Men. No. So it's just one. Okay, this and is. And why do they have sunglasses on? Okay, so before we start reading about the Frost Man, mm-hmm. do you get a sense that maybe this is the kind of monster 
why people at times have been less than enthralled with the Fiend Folio. Yeah. You do, you feeling that? Yeah. yeah. Sunglasses, it's not. All right. And, and why is it a frost man? Why can't it just be a frost person? Even back then, they should have known better. But that's another story. Because there's only males. That happens sometimes. Well, I haven't read the... You know, that's true. I am presuming that there is both uh, sexes. Yeah, can you, have, you can't have only male. It would just be genderless, wouldn't right. it? Because if you have a male... Frost person. If you have an input, you have an output, right? Right. Or well, whatever. let's figure this out. All right, so they're very rare. So this is really surprising. Yeah. Well, they're very rare because they look like they're wearing a tunic, like a half toga, and they're supposed to be in yeah. the Arctic, or, and, they're, or, and they're wearing sunglasses. Or a bathrobe that, like, they got the wrong size. <laughs> yeah, they have slippers on. They sent me the small. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or a, be- a woman's. Yeah. I'm a frost man. <laughs> That's right. I'm a man, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I got a small, petite, women's small, petite yeah, bathrobe. I, I mean, it's the tundra. You'd think they'd be, anyway. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> Okay, so AC5, move 12 inches. Four hit dice, though. This is going to be interesting to investigate. Yeah. Wow, why, what's this dude who's just wearing a bathrobe or a toga, furry toga, right. doing with four hit dice um, and an AC5? Well, where does he get the AC5 from? He's oh, got that, treasure, well, it's, though. It's, it's that uh, loin robe that he's got, this mini robe, his muumuu he's wearing. Do you think it's magical? Uh, I feel like it could be. Okay. My weapon, I love this. The ice blast. Ice blast. He's got the ice blast. Isn't that a good? That gum's not too bad. I prefer Mentos gum, but ice blast is not too bad. That's pretty. Yeah, I thought he had a ray gun for some reason. Yeah. He's got the ice blast. He's got ice pick. He, he he's kind of the uh, what was the guy's name from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? The uh, Cornelius. Santa. The Yukon Cornelius. The, yes. The pre- this mm-hmm. is his like evil cousin. He's, he's from the land of misfit toys. He's the land of misfit monsters. Yeah, he's the yeah he, he's his evil cousin who uh, you know he's the hipster who's homicidal maniac. I love it. Yeah, that, is this the book of misfit monsters? I think so. some claims it is. Yeah, right. Some people think it is. Okay, so yeah, it's like uh, whatever happened to that dude? Oh man, that's right. No <laughs> he's a frost man. It's a frost man. I'm the frost man. Yeah. Okay, so uh, because of the deadly talent of these creatures. Native tribes are greatly fearful of them. So there's native native tribes. So I guess like Eskimos? Right, the Inuit or something like that. Okay. Greatly fearful of them and call them ice demons. Oh, so this is like a legend, kind of like there's the frost, the frost man right. cometh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Though frost men are in most respects very like normal humans and can have the abilities of fighters, clerics, thieves, or even magicers. That's interesting. Oh, can I be a Frostman cleric in your next I think, campaign? I think you could. Well, first of all, you Thank need you. to... Well, I guess we need to figure out what they are. Wow, I want to be a Frostman cleric. Right, so we, I guess we have to read about that. They will carry weapons appropriate to their class. Okay. See, we're learning. This may take. This may be the whole show where we roll up the Frostman so he can be petrified. Yes. Okay. Well, that's true. Frostman also have the power three times per day of radiating a freezing cone of ice mist 35 feet long and a 10-foot base diameter... From one eye. That's why I guess thinking of the laser gun. I must have read this at some oh, okay. point. When not in use, that eye is usually covered by a patch. It's a patch. Okay. We've learned something. We, I thought that was like sunglasses Those look too. like sunglasses. It's, the, it's his eye patch so he doesn't accidentally uh, yeah. trigger it. Like why would it? Well, this is cool. They're both gaze monsters. This That's is true. Yeah, we've got, It's gaze on gaze action. That's right. Gaze, frost gnome cleric. Yes. I would say you could have a frost gnome. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's... He's, 
Man, it doesn't say frost gnome. I like frost gnome. Like the frost, the frost gnomes. I like that. That's ice gnomes. I'm doing that. That's gonna be the adventure. That's gonna be the first against the frost gnomes. Against the frost gnomes. (laughs) I see the slaughter. The frost gnomes. I don't know. That'd be pretty tough if they're illusionist frost gnomes with ice ray blast. Yes, that's pretty deadly. There's like twenty of them all surrounding you. There's the ice blast going in. (laughs) They're just lifting their visor. Wait, okay. okay, I'm confused. Wait, why does he have to wear an eye patch when not in use? Is he because uh, the other eye is focusing, so there's no reduction in hit probability due to monocular vision. All right, hang on, I need to read this slower. Okay, so I've got the ice blast with my eye, right? Right. From one eye. Right. So I'm putting it over patch. The other eye is focusing, so yes. there is no reduction in hit probability due to monocular vision. Yes. So someone. Oh, so as I'm using the ice blast, I'm not reduced to my AC right. and stuff the, like that. The fact is that one of the eyes, only one, is the ice blast. Right. The other one is just a normal eye. Well, why is it covered though? Because I don't want to accidentally trip and like ice blast. Apparently, my, it's my like sister. a hooded thing. Well, either that or is it, it shoots off. In other words, it's it's like the you know it's it's charged up and then it launches and you close it. And oh, you think that lifting the patch? Right. That's the actual firing. It's, I thought it was maybe it was like a, a, a what do you call it on a gun, the safety? Oh, the safety? Oh. I thought it was like the safety. So you don't, if you trip, you don't ice blast. You I know, just, you're, I, you're it's, amped. It seems odd that you have to wear a patch. <laughs> I would think is a creature, right? Because, yes, right, I agreed with you. I'm, I'm, not, right. I'm not an evolutionary biologist I'm or anything, you. but if how, when they didn't have a patch, when did this trait, you know, obviously it's magic and you can just handle right. it that way. But hey, you have this great power, now you have to wear this patch. No, no, see, I think what it is, is that's why I think the evidence leans toward a safety, that they, they realize that this is the smart thing to do, because sometimes it accidentally triggers. I got you. Or maybe they get angry. All right. And it triggers, well, and you get upset, like the well, Hulk. That, right, okay. And it goes off if you get angry, and then they're like, look, you know. Right. What if you don't wear it? He won't wear the patch. <laughs> why is he not wearing the patch? Oh, that's true. What if you don't wear the patch? Well, I still think it would have been easier, just like the Medusa doesn't have to... It just should be something that they can turn on and off. Well, the Medusa thing, technically, they don't turn it off. It's off all the time. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. But I got another question. Does this mean that I can only to attack, I have to use one hand to lift the patch? Right. That is your attack. Can I attack? That's it. I right. can't be attacking you with the ice pick? Uh, the icicle? No. You have one attack. You can either right. lift the patch or attack with your ice pick. Because can the Medusa, I should know this if I li- listened, paid attention during the last several Three episodes. Weeks. Yes. Can the Medusa? Can the, does the Medusa get gaze and snake no. attack? It's just one of the. It's just one. Right. Okay. Well, she you're, gazes. She gazes, and then if you're trying to avoid it, she runs up and bites you. Okay. So then, so then the gazing stops. Yes. Okay. Well, in theory. In well, theory. Well, in theory, the gazing is always happening, but she's when she's attacking normally, she's gazing at you. You could still be gazed if you're trying to attack her. There's a chance right. you see. Right. Your chart it's, from the damage. It's a passive uh, attack. Okay. Okay. Any creature caught in the mist cone, the mist cone takes three to eighteen hit points of damage. Well, wait. Here, so so Menion, our dear friend, who reminds me of Valor with a question mark from Irish Legend, a Fomorian. He raises his eye to emit a death ray. So maybe it's maybe it's a take off that. Oh. This okay. is why we have people smarter than us on That's this. That's right. 
always surround, that's the secret, like always surround yourself. See, right. so a lot of people don't realize that. Right. They want to be the smartest person. No, no, no. No. We, surround and, yourself with smarter people. Right. We surround ourselves with, and that's very easy for It's us. not hard, right. is it? It's very easy. We Pretty say, we say dumb things and people correct us. And right. We, and, and people are happy. So that's very good. I like that. Now, I love stuff like this. The next line, to date. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's like a historical tag, right. like, you know, to date, as if it's real. But I like that. <laughs> right. I think that's funny, you know. To date. These creatures, well, this is a long time ago, so maybe we've got updated information. Yeah. These creatures have only been encountered singly. Oh, and the location of their lair is type and their pattern of living are unknown. It is thought that there are villages of frost men with female as in children. There we go. in deep caves and mountains, mainly in cold regions. Well, I would what do you mean mainly. Right. I would think so. None have yet ventured to establish the veracity of these rumors. You know, a lot of these creatures, as you know from the Fiend Folio, came from the Fiend Factory in White, White Dwarf. Dwarf yeah. So it would so be interesting curious to know. which one that was from. And who created the Frost Man. Frost men appear like normal human males. So it's just like a dude walking and then Medusa's just like a lady walking. Like, hey, what's up? Right. They're both in for a big old surprise. They are. We'll see who's more surprised. There's a, well, because you got one man who's got a patch and he's walking through and you got this woman covered. Right. They're looking at that, oh, I got this, and all of a sudden. Yeah, it's like this dude's got one eye. This will be easy. Right. And it's like, what? You're a frost man? And then he's like, what? You're a Medusa? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're legendary. You're legendary. Oh, you think that? Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. You think there's going to be, whoa, yeah. that's a different segment. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's a new segment for next year. It's off. Maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah. That's apparently, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that just, song, the lyrics are not, maybe, right? They're not very. That could be. They could have gone to, you know, they're just hanging out. and. You could have a frost man Medusa child. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Got the eye patch and the snakes. Three eyes. It could have, yeah, snakes Three and eyes, eyes, snakes. And cold lasers. And... Yes. That could, well, maybe, would, you know what? I think it for Random Encounter. On the, we need to do a Valentine's edition okay. where I think it ends this a little like better the, than this usual. This is like the Tinder, the Tinder app where you swipe or not swipe. We, I don't know what you're I, talking well, about. That's what they, people say. I don't know what Tinder is. I don't know. Frost men appear like normal. Okay. However, they radiate cold, readily discernible from as far as 30 feet, though not of sufficient power to inflict damage. Yeah, but you're in the Arctic. Yeah. You gonna, is it going to get colder? Like, wow, it's colder. They dress in loose. Here we go. They dress in loose bathrobes. What? No, 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 that. that's not. They dress in loose animal skins right. and carry their personal treasure in leather sacks. Oh, so that's like a, a Martin pelt or something, or a, uh, oh, okay. I'm trying to think of some of these cold weather. Oh, it's like a cold weather. A rabbit. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a, a Lapin stole or something. Uh, leather sacks. Where are they getting the leather from? Well, they tan reindeer, right? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. That's reindeer sack. That's right. Based on the limited evidence, I love this too. Based on the limited evidence available, the majority of frostmen. Oh, we've got the numbers. Look at this. Seventy-five percent are fighter. Yep. Fifteen percent are thieves. That's so odd. Right. What are you stealing? Right. You're like going into like <laughs> well, the, the fact Eskimo that 30, village, and it's thirty feet. They have a cold radius. Hard to sneak around if you're emanating. They're okay. terrible thieves. <laughs> It's so cold in here. So like you're well, at the guild. It's a frost man. You're in like you're in like the city state or something. You should, everyone shows up. You're like, yeah, why is it? Who left the window open? Right, exactly. It's that dude. I'm here to be a thief. Right. All right. Only eight percent clerics, two percent magic users. Clerics and magic users appear only to have developed spell use to the second experience level in comparison with humans. So what does that mean about thieves and fighters? Are they second level or fourth level? 
because you could argue because they're four hit dice, they should be fourth level for that. Oh, wow, that's a toughie. That's a good question. I have no idea. You're right. Yeah. You're I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to so, say they're fourth level. But what I do, uh, and I agree with our, our dear friend Menyon, uh, uh, I like the idea that because this got redeemed because there's just random, you, you can't just use this character, you have to, or monster, you have to roll a percentage to figure out if it's a, right. if it's a fighter or something like mm-hmm. that. But I'm gonna, or I would rule that they would be the same level as their hit dice for Thief and Fighter and Cleric and Magic would only be second level. There. Yeah, a thief without an eye patch, though. Well, I don't know. Well, it says that it doesn't affect them. All right, so we got to roll a percentage to see what it is. It was all fun until someone lost an eye. Okay. So, so I'm the frost man, so I guess I should roll it. You're the frost man? Yeah, you're. Wait, I thought, aren't I the challenger? Oh, you're the challenger. I'm the challenger. That's but, right. I'm but you can, roll for what, you can roll for what with class. It doesn't okay. matter. It's a fighter. Oh, that's so boring. Uh, the dice have The spoke. dice don't lie. I the agree. Dice have spoke oh, and notice... Christmas dice. Oh, that's right. Christmas holiday dice. Are we Ho- I'm sorry, to holiday dice. We're not. It's our podcast. That's true. It's holiday Christmas dice. All right. So, well, it's good news that uh, th- our ga- our our chat is devolved into a betting. Um, yes, people are betting. Is that what's going on yes. in the chat room? Yeah. Okay. So here's what <laughs> I'm going to s- s- I'm going to rule as well. Because the Frostman says by weapon type, we don't know what weapon type. No, we it do is. not. So I'm going to use the. Uh, the uh, magical Magic sword. I, that's right. Creating a party. You are. I'm getting a magical sword. Oh, because that's right. Because they hit a Medusa. Do I need a plus? No, I don't need. You don't need a magic item. But I'm going to determine the type of weapon. I'm going to say he's a fourth level fighter. Can I get a chance that it's a magical sword? Will you give me a percentage chance? Yeah. Well, or is yeah. It already on there. Yeah, I'm going to see. It's ten percent per level. So you will oh, have. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So go ahead. Let's see. Uh, go ahead. Roll for dagger. So I'm rolling. What am I percentile? Yeah. Low is good. Low is good. Fifty-seven. Nope, not, keep going. Sword. Okay. 97. Nope. That's terrible. Yeah. These holiday dice Battle are axe. awful. 89. Nope. Spear. 96. Nope. Bow. 93. Wow, that's great. How about bolts? 73. You, you, nope. Go potion. I'll see if you have a... 84. <laughs> wow, you're screwed. All right. Uh, holiday dice are defective. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's shield. You may have armor. 65. Nope. They didn't be like calling holiday dice. They are Christmas plate dice. Mail? You won't have any of this because you can't. Five. Well, you can't have magic plate, but you're wearing skins. So I was going to give you a chance for armor. But oh, you... so the one I get I can't have. No. Thank you, Krumpus. Can't have that. All right, so how are we going to figure out uh, We're going to f- figure out what kind of weapon you have? Yeah, all right. How do you do that? Well, uh, I know there's a well, random there's table a percentage for chance. Give me a sword. Can you... Oh, I don't know. You but... want a sword? Okay. Oh, I don't I'm know. I'm just going to give you a sword. That's okay. fine. Uh, roll percentages for the type well, of sword. Well, what is that? We can get, what's that? Yeah, what's that? That's a hand axe. Oh, it should be, I want to be the guy in the picture. Okay, then you have a hand axe. Okay, I have a hand axe. All right. I like I that. better drop my sack. I don't want to be holding that thing. Mom. <laughs> what's in the sack? What's in the thing? Okay, well, so. Well, treasure type, uh, apparently treasure type C. All right. All right, so we now we're going to roll surprise. I'm not sure how we'd be surprised, but. No, no, because you're surprised that it's a Medusa or surprised that, you know. That I've never, yeah, they're both surprised that well, they actually see a legendary creature out in the middle of nowhere. But it's snowing. I gotcha. It's oh, snowing. It's, that's a good point. It's hard to see. Visibility's sh- very low. I, I, you know, one of the ma- d- uh, dragons, they have the rolling the weather. I could have rolled the weather, man. But we'll say it's snowing. Can you have a, uh, can you have a wear yeti? Uh, well, you could have wear anything. I don't see why not. Yeah, wear yeti would be kind of cool. That would be. But we, we don't have that. We have the frost man. Uh, we don't have I am the frost man. <laughs> that's 
Isn't that uh, I am Kukukachu? I'm the walrus or something like that. <laughs> Isn't so. that how it is? I, am, I have the Frostman wins. Huh? That'd be awesome. Well, the the chat has uh, there's money being exchanged yes. and odds are being put down. <laughs> there's so. what's that? What's that virtual money they have now? Bitcoin. The Bitcoin are being <laughs> the Bitcoin are being shared cryptocurrency. <laughs> what are the odds? Well, and that what was you, one of the suggestions from one of our folks: is should we pre at the end of the show random the monster for next session so people could start thinking about that? Oh. That's interesting. Yeah, so the betting it. can start? <laughs> I think we should. That just seems like a bad idea. Yeah, but that's what makes it fun. All right, let's, let's do surprise. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of things that are fun or bad. Okay. Surprise. Surprise. All right, so I want to see if I'm surprised. That's right. You're the frost man. And, and, the frost I, man. and I stand back. I, I made a, a correction that he had, some people were betting on the frost man, and then I said you were actually running Medusa, but I'm the Medusa. I keep forgetting I'm the... Wait, oh, so they were betting on the frost man, and then they learned I was a frost man, and the odds immediately... Yeah, well, that's what I was telling them. I wanted that's, to... That's went, awful. Yeah, no, they, know they haven't terrible? changed yet. There's, no, they're still going to be... They've seen me too. play? Yeah, no. They've seen... They, they, they've seen oh, Pixie one, Blade? Oh, one, no. One, six. Oh. One segment. Hello, well, my gotta, lady. Well, I got to find the distance, so you, I may have to walk up to you. I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to... I'm hitting on you. There's the frozen tundra, the smiles and miles of nothing. I'm like then, looking down at my cell phone. Walking along. Well, it doesn't work up there. I mean, the compass is. That's right. That's why I'm upset. That's right. You're lost. Well, should we do land adventure, see if you're lost? (laughs) Do you want to really sideways? No, the frost man is not lost. Okay. Well, first we have to figure out distance. Oh, no. Wait, but I have an eye patch. Is that a less chance of being caught by your gaze? Isn't that a 50% chance? Oh, I like that. No, but, no, does, but I like that. It says it doesn't affect your vision at I'm all. I'm working it already. I like it. That was good. Thank See, you. See, that's a good tip. Well done. <laughs> work, work, work that. It was rejected with extreme prejudice. Right. At least, well, I thought about it at least. Let's mm-hmm. see. We are, oh, we're 50, uh, 50 yards away. and. Oh, yeah. What's, how, how far does your gaze extend? Oh, well, our, our gaze extends 30 feet, so you are okay. Yes, 30 feet. Oh. So I move up. And but I've got to be surprised that, like... Well, it's one segment. You're surprised. So I've, I'm not... So you don't get an attack while I'm... No, I move up okay. my movement. And I mm-hmm. move up, well, because I have one segment. So I move up one segment of movement. I move nine, which is 90 feet. Uh, so that's nine... I move a whopping nine feet. So I'm 41 feet from you now. Now it's initiative. Wait, but it's outside. Don't you get yards? Oh, that's true. Yes, I move... Uh, so we're... Well, I still move this... We're 40 yards away. I move 90 yards normally, so okay. I've moved nine yards. So we're 31 yards away. So we didn't walk into each other. No, <laughs> we did not move. We did not move. But we, so, okay. yes. So just to re- recap, that's a good point for, for, our, for our DMs out there. Uh, you, you have to figure out distance when it's a random encounter. So I rolled the D6, and uh, it's 50 yards away. It's D6 plus four. We've, and because the surprise is deadly if you're close. If you're not close... Then you basically kind of waste your time. You have to move to close unless you have a spell or something. So uh, the Medusa is moving towards uh, the our, our friend, and so we've d- we've done that. And so you move the number of segments. Her normal move is nine, uh, so she moves nine yards per segment. So fifty minus nine is forty-one. So now we're forty-one yards away. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So now it's initiative since we don't have any other. Let me make sure I get this in this picture. Well, don't put it near me. They need to see this. Get these guys out of here. Who 
these guys. Well, you know, they need to see my... Alvi Novakis. Did you buy that just for this? Or did of you course, have that? Why wouldn't I? I don't know. What do you mean that? No. Okay. Which, I'm not sure which is worse, though. Is it worse to have bought this, I'll be known for Christmas mug, simply for this episode? Or would it be worse to have actually owned this independently of this show? And did they, was it a available thing or did you have to custom make it? <laughs> which would be worse? You had custom made it. If I custom made it and it wasn't for this show, I think that would be the worst of all, yes. right? No, yes. it was not custom made. I did not already own it. It, I bought it. It was already made for Beautiful. the show. I, uh, and you know what? I should have got my present. I have to give you another present. Oh, my God. You got this for You got me another one of these. No, I should have. I didn't even think that about it. That would have been funny, right? That would have been. Okay. Um, I, but now I'm going to get you a custom one with... You come back. I don't know if people have seen this, but in Asia, you know, people... Uh, they obviously have seen the, of Christmas, but they have mixed up. I'm sure people have seen the pictures of the crucified Santa, you know, in, in, in China. Oh, my gosh. No. They, well, because it would be like us mm -hmm. culturally right. appropriating mm -hmm. uh, Eastern religions and not really quite getting it. Well, mm -hmm. I see. they combined <laughs> crucifixion with Santa. So in a mall years ago, they had a crucified uh, Santa. So I was going to maybe get you crucified gnomes or something. You know what? That could be the cover of the uh, Pseudo Undead album, first Pseudo Undead album. Pseudo <laughs> the crucified gnomes. <laughs> crucified gnome. Oh. Cruc yeah. Gnome crucifixion. <laughs> crucified gnomes. You like Pseudo that? Pseudo Undead. Love it. Death by crucifixion. Awesome. I do not condone that. Okay. Wonderful. That's a great album, Crucified Gnomes. Well, we'll That's see. a good band, we'll too. We'll see. That could be. That could be the opening act. <laughs> the Crucified Gnomes open for Pseudo Undead. They're touring with us. All right. So okay. we did surprise. Now we're ready for initiative. Let's do it. Here's our... Here, I'm moving oh, to Oh, come attack. on. These are great Christmas so six dice. for our yep, listeners six, at home. Six. That's right. Five. Five. Uh, well, so I move my 10 feet. Now I'm within gazing distance. So now we have you. to go to the, the DM screen, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Why don't I have this up all the time? I need to keep well, good well, news. Cause, yeah, because Lady Medusa, so. Yeah, the good news is I gave this, David Thompson wanted this, so. Okay, so. We've contributed. Uh, you, you, well, what did you declare? What was your uh, action? You're going to blast me with your eyes? Or are you going to. Oh, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm going to do the mist cone. Okay. Mm hmm. Okay, so, that so that's like a to hit. As, so that would be, well, I guess we'll, get, we'll talk about when we get there. But yes, I am declaring, I am lifting. That's right. Preparing the deaths, the death ray. Yes. Okay, the, the frost ray. Excellent. Okay, so now roll three. If you roll a one, two, or three on this D10, you are, you will have to make a saving throw of this. As oh, okay, because I am attacking, attacking normally. normally. Oh, it's 4 D10 because it's add one because it's man size. Oh, okay, so 4 so D10. Four, All right. Yeah. One through four is bad for me. Yes. Six. So, so you're not. A holiday dice. So I moved, so the Medusa moved forward, uh, Unsheathed her thing, showing her horrible. I'm not visage. really looking because I'm like lifting right. my you're, you're eyes. I'm having trouble with it. You're calibrating your <laughs> rigs. You know, right. stay on target. You're, you must be very intrigued at this. What's this guy doing? Uh, yeah, That's, what is this thing? It could, it could be a frost man I've, or frost gnome. I've only heard of frost men. Yeah. I like the idea that you're a frost gnome. That's pretty awesome. Okay, so you are now. Well, I'm within 30 feet of you, so you're doing your attack. What's your? So you do your gaze attack. Yeah, because that is. that's right. Because what? 35 feet, isn't it? 30 feet or something, right? I think it was uh, 35 foot long. Right. Okay. 10 foot base diameter, and it's called a mist cone. Just to let you know. Mist cone. Is there a save or just damage? Freezing what? cone of ice mist. Oh. It just says any. Frostmen also have the power three times per day of radiating a freezing cone of ice mist. Yes. From one eye. Right. 
uh, when not in use, that eye is usually covered by a patch. The right. other eye is focusing. How much does it do damage? Three to 18. Any creature caught in the mist cone takes three to 18 hit points of damage. Oh, here it is. Halved if saving throw versus dragon breath. All right, here's my saving throw. Let's see if I... Three. Three. So I failed. So That's awesome. Three to 18. Do we know how many hit points you have? No, I'm going to figure it out. Now. I love it. Go ahead. So you do the oh, three to 18. All right, come oh. on. Come on, Christmas spirit. Christmas right. spirit of the dice. Three. Three. The average. Six. Huh? And a four. So 13. 13. All right, here's, your, here's your hit points. How many hit dice you have? Eight. Oh, eight. Love it. 11. 12. 17. 18. 18 and 3, 21. She has 21 hit points. She huh? had 21. What did you do? 10? How much did you do? What did I do? Four? No, I did like 14, didn't I? No. Oh, you, no, I didn't do that. Okay. Oh, you, you did you did 11 points because you, okay. you rolled a one, a six, and a four. Okay. I think. So you, the, she has 10 hit points. Now you can do how many hit points you have. Okay. Your four, your four hit dice. All right. Come on. That's a six. Okay. A five. So 11. 16. Whoa. 20, and an eight. 24 hit points. Wow. Wow. That's pretty good. The frost man cometh. All right. So. Uh, Making an icy delivery. So you used your blast and now it's initiative. Because I moved yep, up the gates. Well, so apparently, the, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, oh, yeah, we're declaring. Yeah, I'm going to... I, well, I'm going to try to... I don't think, I don't think I'm going to stand here and get frost attacked. I'm going to move up to, uh, to bite you. Parlay. No, I'm not so parlaying. <laughs> well, you know, you have a high charisma. All uh, right, I'm doing, I am doing my ice mist again. My mist count. I can do it three times a day. Yeah. Three times per day. I would mist do it count. again. I'm doing a mist count. I, I mean, you assume this is a bad deal. Five. Yeah, aren't the snakes coming out or something? Yeah. Yeah. Two. So, I, well, I had to move more than 20, 10 yards, so I moved to close. Oh. But you still, now you do the gaze thing. Wow. Yeah. You're in, that's right. Wait, so now, oh, that's. I'm with, I'm right next to you. Oh, so I don't have to do a, uh, so if it says saving throw, that means, don't I have to do it to hit roll? Any creature no. caught in, oh, just caught in the mist Yeah, it's, a breath we- it's like a breath weapon. You just, yeah. So you're pointing That's at That's terrible. It. Yeah, it's a breath weapon. So it's on, so breath weapon, automatic damage, unless you, you, you do save, is usually just halved. So breath weapons are horrible. Yes. Well, assuming that everyone's in the cone, yeah. I mean, you, as a DM, you have to either use the theater or the mine or you use miniatures. And, and so if this is the, you know, like the white wolf. Yeah. You blast this way, it wouldn't get these guys. It would just get the guys in the cone. So you don't give them a chance to like dodge out of the way. This cone no. is coming now. Is she gonna like? Well, well you didn't say you're gonna roll out of the way. No, I, I didn't. And also, uh, yep, frost cone did thirteen. I eleven. Okay, thank you. I thought it was more. Thank you. So she has eight points. Thank you, minion. You gotta watch this guy. That's right. Three, four, six. Uh, or at least listen. To this me. is why we have people paying attention. So she has eight points. Is that correct? She had twenty-one. So now, what you can do, uh, that's a good point, in saving throws, uh, you can use your dexterity for that type of thing. You Very get a bonus. interesting. Tell me. Tell me more. Yes. Damn, James, where does that come from? So, and if you have magic armor for certain things, you can you get your bonuses for that as well. I, that's right. I do remember that. For cer- that's right. For certain types of, it's certain not type, all. That's but... right. So, uh, so armor... Your saving throw will affect armor bonus against spells which cause physical damage, fire, magical, or otherwise. Um, and if you uh, if you look at your reaction bonus in uh, dexterity under the player's handbook, it should say something to the effect of 
you use that as, as an really? advantage. Really? Yes. This is fascinating. Yeah, we're actually trying to do it by the rules or something. Okay. Yeah, defensive adjustment refers to the penalty bonus ex applicable to a character saving throw against certain forms of attack, fireball, lightning bolts, etc., due to dodging ability. Oh. So there you go. So you would so get... You, so you, if I had a dexterity, I would use my defensive adjustment. Well, shouldn't we roll for your dexterity? No, monsters... This, if, unless it's specifically said that monsters don't have... In, oh, is that right? In, new, in later editions, which we don't know about, they stat all the, all the monsters with their things, so they would have that. And, you know, they had that in Holmes Basic. They did. Monsters had dexterity because you needed it for initiative. Oh, okay. Whoever had the higher dexterity goes first. Gotcha. So, so if we had the dexterity stat, we would use that. Okay. So, so dexterity, uh, but again, it has to be above a fifteen to get a bonus. And so this, so just to uh, clear, you were reading, I think, from what page eighty-one oh, of sorry, the DMG. Yes, page eighty-one of the DMG regarding magic items and saving throws. for saving throw modifiers. Yes. So the DM can always stipulate ones if they wanted to. Right. And then you were reading from what magical device, various magic items, rings, armor, shields allow saving throw modifications. That's right. They're usually cumulative. Oh, and then, of course, circumstantial adjustments if you wanted to do it. So typically what happens is, in my campaign, is people have their saving throws. Uh, they don't apply these modifiers. They usually use, like, if they have a ring of protection. They fail, and then they start scrambling around to figure out, what about my dex bonus? Does that work? Or how about uh, I've got magic plate mail. Will that help with this? And we start adjudicating it. And then they, sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. So, yes, and monks can have the dodge area effects attacks. That's one of their very powerful things when we went over monks a few uh, episodes ago. You know, the ability, because they can't attack, and they're basically useless. But they can do jump out of... Uh, uh, attacks. So the bottom line is here is, is you don't see anything from DMG page 81 or on the dex thing right. that's going to help you out here in this no, situation. Not, it's just a straight saving throw. But if no. I was, yeah, page 11 of the player's handbook. Right. Well, that's very interesting. I did not know that. So yeah, that's very so useful. That's good. So it, it's, it's a way where you're playing by the rules and giving the player's characters another advantage. Okay. Or, or your monster. So I have to make a straight, so, well, straight saving throw. You, well, am I, uh, right. Are you doing the saving throw first and then yeah. I do damage? Yeah. Well, well, we'll have, have to look to that one out, out. don't Because yeah. she's equal to a six-level fighter. I think she probably failed, but she it's close. And it's against, what was it, Dragon Breath? Right, Breath Weapon. Yeah, it says versus Dragon Breath. Why would they say that? There is no such thing as Dragon Breath. Oh, uh, she needed a 13. So she failed, wow. right? You need to do eight points. Oh, wow. If Lady Medusa is going to go down? This is what the, uh, this could be. One. one. That's good for her. Four, Four five. five. Three points. It's got to be less than three. <laughs> Two. two! Two! She's still, she's got one point. Now it's an issue. And I've only got one more charge left. Oh, you have in to do my your, eye. Oh, yeah, you got to You didn't do your gaze. You didn't roll your gaze attack. Oh, that's right. That's right cause I'm, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. That's right. That's now right. You, you got to do your gaze. Oh, because wait, you want initiative. I know, but I moved to close. That's okay. You go first. Oh, now you have to make a saving throw. Oh, okay. Hey, Rob. How are you? Six. Six. Wait, you mean I'm stoned? <laughs> Things were going so well. It was going great. It's like a Hail Mary by you at the last moment. That's it. What? Gaze attack. I was overconfident. You were confident. All right. Let's make sure. People owe money. What's uh, your fighter fourth level? Petrification. Oh, that's too bad. You need a 14. Wow. Say goodbye. Done. That's right. Wow. 
Hey, so Rob, hey, thank you. Uh, thank you. For, hello from Ireland. Hey, we have Ireland on, on there. Thank okay. you for the show. Thank well, you so much for the company. I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I'm pouting. Well, what a, what a dramatic uh, turn of events here. <laughs> Lady Medusa, down to one point, pulls it out with the gaze. That's why the gaze She's four. Is she 4 now? She's 4 now. Whoa. That was close. That's right. Rip Frosty. Yep. Oh. The Frosty Gnome. Wow. She right. almost went down. Can I do that? Yeah, death of a gnome. <laughs> yes. Gnome down. <laughs> the gnome has fallen. The gnome. Uh, you can't get up. Is that an ice sculpture? No, that's just a frozen statue. Oh. Well. That's yeah. right. So the frost man is stone now. He's stone. He's a stone man. So she's moving on. She's moving. What? Her, she's going to find Santa. Oh, my she's God. Going she's going to find Santa's lair. That's right. She's going after Santa's lair. Wow. This is scary. Well, I don't see. Uh, I mean, what do we do? Do we uh, wait for Vic? Or do we keep moving forward? But anyway, let's keep moving forward. I think we keep moving forward. Because that's a surprise thing for us. So, uh, yes. So, again, that was very close. Now, I guess I have a question for our friends out there. Should, uh, should the champion keep her, because we know her hit points now, right? Her hit points. One. No. Should, her, should she keep her one hit points? Um, or should she go back on her next encounter and go back to the hit points that she had? I like the full hit points. Okay. The only reason, I, well, I mean, they can chime in, obviously, in the because uh, she had verse. twenty-one. But I mean, I like I like the idea of because then you got to find someone who can beat a Medusa, you right. know. Otherwise, then everyone's going to be it'll be four hit points. Okay, that's what I think. I okay. think she's because she's going to she's going to rest up. Right. She's, she's going to find a yurt. That's right. The, the male, the male, whatever. Okay, everyone says full. Got it. Okay, so she has twenty-one hit points. This is her fourth time. That was a good, that was a good, that was better than I thought it was going to be. I really, yeah, I'm very disappointed. No, I thought she was going to win, but, because mm -hmm. again, you have that basically a 40% chance and then, you know, 50-50. So within four or five rounds, you were, if you didn't kill her off in another, well, it would have been one more round, you would have defeated her. That would have been it. Yep. All right. All right. Excellent. Very good. Okay. So moving to our uh, queen, yeah, she's right, all hail the queen. Yeah. Uh, so in our Word of Recall segment, so this is our holiday edition, whatever that means. As you can see, we have various accoutrements. And so we decided... Unless we were, you're listening, then you can't see it. That's yeah. right, you can't see it. Then, we, it, then this has no holiday feel. <laughs> <laughs> what makes this, if you're listening just at the podcast, what makes this a holiday episode? Well, it makes a holiday because I should put Christmas or holiday music on, but mm -hmm. then that, I'm sure I would there would be some lawsuit, they would ban my YouTube uh, thing, so we're not gonna do that. But, so we thought about what, how was, uh, you know, D&D uh, and fantasy role-playing games thought of back in the day? And so I went through, uh, we went through all the Dragon magazines. Well, you did, thank you. Okay, well, it's we, thank this you. is a, col a collaborative show. We went through all the Dragon magazines, uh, starting with Dragon Magazine 4, uh, all December issues from 1976 to 1984, because that is the appropriate, approved time frame. Because after 85, we don't know what happened. Is that right? Yeah, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. May of 85. What happens? Right, yeah, May well, of 85 is... It's, is it's, the world came to an end, yeah. as I know it. That's right. So, <laughs> the world as we know it. So... Uh, we went through them all, and I looked for holiday things, and I was really surprised that there was not as much that, that the, the master marketing minds of TSR didn't really use their Dragon Magazine scene to sell a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. It was pretty, pretty uh, skimpy over the eight years that I reviewed, nine years I reviewed. In fact, in Dragon 4, which is all about uh, 
a Legends of the Petal Throne, or Legions of the Petal Throne, and the Empire of the Petal Throne, uh, nothing was in there about uh, Christmas or holidays or something on sale. So, but very interesting article, a uh, magazine about that. The first thing that you see that's somewhat kind of holiday really is, and I I remember this was when The Hobbit came on uh, NBC in 1977. So they had a review of it in Dragon Eleven, and uh, basically they thought it was a disaster. <laughs> so they put here. Uh, Nothing is more disheartening than to see someone spend a great amount of effort, time, and or money on a project to do it wrong or badly. Sadly to say, this is what happened with, with the Rankin-Bass collaboration recently aired on NBC. So they just go through and they say it's horrible, which, again, I don't remember it being that great. So That's rough. Yeah, they, they basically butchered it. So there really was Merry a, Christmas. That's right, Merry Christmas. Your holiday <laughs> special was garbage. Go stick with Frosty. Uh, so then in the first one that really has uh, some discussion is, is, again, 21, which came out in December of 78. And the first thing we notice is it actually had a winter theme. The rest of them didn't have a winter theme. So there's a winter-themed uh, cover with a white dragon fighting that. So at least it's somewhat holiday-themed. Now, now uh, wait a second. Now, I've got a question about this cover. Yeah. Because that's a breath, the dragon, the white dragon. That's right. That's a breath weapon, right? Correct. That's right. And it looks like he's blocking it with his shield. Now, are you, does that mean he's made his save and so it's only going to take half? Because it looks that's like right. he's not going to take any damage there, but that would be incorrect, wouldn't it? That's right. He always takes damage. Okay. So you just think that's half damage probably. Right. And this, uh, this is an interesting one because it's not clear in the monster manual. And in the, ma and in, uh, the monster manual says that dragons uh, do damage equal to their hit points. Right? That's what it says. So, okay. But in basic, which is the rule I use, and I think it's the rule that is implied, I don't think it's in the uh, DMG, but maybe it is, or is that it only does damage to its current hit points, which is why right. the strategy always yeah. is, as soon as you see a dragon, either you run or you run up and start beating on it as quickly as you can so that the damage to your breath weapon is not as... Uh, Devastating. Well, the latter makes more sense to me because if you're a dragon with one hit point, it seems like you're just kind of coughing out a little right. bit of flame or whatever. And and, and when we were uh, in our last campaign, hey, this is so John. Hello, John. Welcome. So John called us on the grog line last week, and you know I'd missed that. Well, it so rarely happens. So and in fact, he just called. Oh, he wanted to wish us a good Christmas and a. Great New Year. You know what? i got to turn this thing on. Here's the problem, John, and I apologize. Um, uh, if I turn this on, all my little texts and beeps and everything else, and people are like, why right. is the thing in there? Right. So I do apologize. I need to leave this right here. So if you want to call and get on, just let me. We would be happy to talk to you. So John and I had a great conversation after last week's show. We were talking about um, uh, using uh, Thieve... Uh, things and when, when to do uh, various I items on that. So very good. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, Menion, I thought it was in the rules too. I cannot find it. I can only find it in the basic edition. So if someone knows where it is, uh, that'd be great. It's but, not in the description of the monster manual. But, but in the monster, but it says it's, hit, I mean, isn't that subject to interpretation? Because it doesn't yeah. say it's hit points. So in other words, does the mon does, and I, and I, know is, I know we're talking about holiday special. But this, this is the is, holiday special. Well, right. we're talking about, this is white dragon. Wait, there's a white dragon right, on the right. cover. Yep. 
we never digress. So wait, couldn't, I mean, is it an interpretation issue that it says hit points? And then the question is? Well, it says that on the page 30, page the breath 30. weapon causes damage equal to the dragon's hit points. Not well, yeah, but that could mean current hit points. Well, it could be, but it doesn't say that here. Whereas in uh, the basic, Moldvay basic, it says current hit points. Well, um, you, should, you should ask Luke Gygax that tomorrow. Well, I will, well I'm obsessed with gnomes. I'm not using. Are you going to ask him about gnomes? Absolutely. Who was the person who introduced gnomes and why were they not banished from Wisconsin? That's my question I'll be asking. Why did gnomes make, yeah, so, so why did gnomes make it in there at all? Right? Why did they become a PC? Right. They were in, uh, I mean, I think they were in Holmes Basic as a monster. That's exactly. And that's where they should have been left. A demon creature. <laughs> That should be eradicated from yeah. civilization. But yeah. instead, their subversive ways got in. And they're proliferating now. Yeah, and that's, uh, and that's where I got it from. So Menon yeah. said I got it from the Red Box. That's where I got well, it from. Well, I think, look, I think it says it's hit points. It's, if, if, so let's talk about semantics, right? So if you said to me, if you were in the middle of combat, and you said to me, what is its hit points? The dragon's hit points. Yes. Wouldn't a reasonable person believe you are asking what its current hit point total is? I, I, I hear your point, but I think we don't adjust damage on anything else. In, that's been one of the criticisms of D&D, is that a 10th level fighter with 100 hit points versus a 10th level fighter with 1 hit points, they do the same amount of damage. Well, when getting Gary said, well, for at least for PCs, it's not actual damage, right? It's like right. waiting for the death, you're being worn down. It's not actually being hit, right? Then it's the death blow. But people have, that's, that's been a criticism of that, that you're, you're, and part of it is to avoid the death spiral of, which is already bad enough. If you have five players versus five monsters and they each have equal attacks, as soon as you lose one person, the, the, the party loses because it accelerates the defeat. You're still getting attacked five times versus four, and then four begets three, and it's, you, you can't ever catch up typically if they're evenly Literally the death spiral. Right. So, um, so, that, so, so I get that, but that's why it was not clear because we don't typically, the attacks don't change because they're hit points. But yes, you could argue that. Okay, yeah, but I it see is that sentence in, there. But it is in the uh, Mold, basic. The red Mold, one, Mold And it may be in Holmes Basic, too. I don't remember because I, I don't have Holmes either. Basic. So uh, anyway, yes, this would be based on if the dragon has been hit, that's how much damage. And in this scenario, what's interesting is this cone is not the same as it would be. The, oh, they got the wrong cone? Yeah, the, it should be a much bigger blast. And the monster man, well, oh, yeah, right? It doesn't so, seem like a very big blast. No, it's not. So if you go to White Dragon... Always, I assume he's blasting out ice or something, or cold as well. It's a cone of cold frost, 70 foot long, with a base diameter of two and a half, in, two and a half inches. So that'd be 25 feet. Oh, so the frost man is like, whoa, wish right. I had that cone. Exactly. Right? That's a big blast. So his friend here is with the double side axe. For those, you see a, a two fighting men, uh, right? Fighting men? That's the... Fighting friend. mans. Fighting mans uh, would be uh, fighting this dragon. Okay. So... Um, you know, it has a winter theme cover, and there's a book review of the Cimmerillion, which I thought, I, I, when did the Cimmerillion come out? Why would they have a book review in 1970? 
I thought it was published later, wasn't it? Was, like was it, it wasn't was, meant to be. I think. Yeah, I don't think it was ever supposed to be. But there's a review. There's a review of that in there. Is and, it is it more favorable than The Hobbit? Do you yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The more the more fav- <laughs> The book was well reviewed. They're not like Tolkien. Give up. No, that's right. <laughs> I should stop this. Stick stick with your teaching job. But one of our, you know, one of our idols, uh, Jim Ward, has an article about the Monty Hall adventure. Uh, they talk about that and how the Monty Hall DM changed to become a deadly encounter. So I just thought that was interesting uh, with that. So the next one, finally, you have a Christmas theme in Dragon 32, uh, which is in 1979. There's a nice picture of the traditional Christmas house and I guess someone asks for real live action toy soldiers and they're fighting each other and the poor child did you ever wear striped pajamas like no, that? No, he looks like a candy cane. Right, he looks like a giant candy cane. <laughs> I don't, okay, so I like the other cover better. I mean, if I want to if, if I want a dragon cover I want a monster a dr- on and it and a dragon on it. A dragon would be great <laughs> Something like from the Monster Manual where somebody's being eaten by a frog. Right. Usually, you know, the, the, the PCs are dying. That's right. This is too real world. Well, I know it's not really real world since everyone's attacking each other, these toys are. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not in love with this cover. I mean, I'm sure the art is fine, but it just... Well, it was, it was a winner of the IDDC thing. But was, so the only... Well, that's, th- that's the, I think that's the adventure, isn't it? Oh, I okay. think the IDDC, is, the is, Fell Pass. I think okay. I know that. Okay, I looked at this was 40 years ago. This is now. Yes, this is now. It's this December is 1979. Correct. I think the Fell Pass, right there, right? That oh, was is. the winning. This is it. Oh, this is the winner. I got you. I've not run the Fell Pass. Have you run? I, 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 and it's got like a, some, yeah, that may be interesting. Could be have you good. run the Fell Pass? No, I have not. Yeah. This was before my time. I looked for this guy because I wanted to invite him on the show. Oh, really? Yeah, he's from That'd San Diego. Cool. I, 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 don't think I, I don't think I had any good leads on him. Well, I'm looking for, because I saw it in here, so one, this is the first holiday-themed thing they try to sell, which is a, a calendar, the 1980 calendar that you can buy for $6.50. Oh, we should fill it out and send it in. <laughs> That's right. Where is it? See, do you think they'll send it back? I th- we'll probably get a polite letter. We'll get a polite letter? That, From Wizards of the Coast. Please stop. Do you realize this was 40 years ago? Yes. Uh, you think you're funny, but you're not. You're not funny. You're, you're in fact, you're anti-funny. Uh, well, I guess there was a buy three, get one free uh, article. But, yes, yeah, so there's for $6.50 plus 50 cents shipping, you can get a 1980 calendar. And it has here, Days of the Dragon, 1980 calendar. So it looks like some red dragon is sitting there, and you will oh. know. I know you'll have no f- famous facts like, did you know the first Human Cannonball Act was successfully performed in 1887? What's that got to do with D&D? I don't know. Shouldn't it be like Frostmen are discovered? Stuff like that this year? Right. We need to look on Amazon. I think for next year we need the 1980 calendar. I would like Wouldn't that. Wouldn't that be awesome? But it's probably going to be expensive. $400. Well, we'll just use our patron money. We're not spending patron money on that. The 1980 calendar. Next year's 1980. <laughs> That's right. I will see. Okay. okay. We'll see if we can get a copy of it. And so you, for a whole year, Days of the Dragon will be functional, informative, entertaining, and decorative. Be advised, though, that quantities are limited, a.k.a. Uh-oh. it's going to be very Uh-oh. expensive. Yeah. If you can't find the 1980 Days of the Dragon, you normally buy the Dragon magazine. Order directly from TSR. $6.50 plus 50 cents postage and handling. Remember when it was postage and not shipping? That's interesting. Okay, and it will allow three to four weeks for delivery. So we should send our $7 in now, and next month we should Well, you know, that guy did the adventure uh, that uh, my friend Joe in Philadelphia wanted me to find, uh, You Bet Your Life Again. Mm -hmm. 
and I found an advertisement for it. Okay. And I filled it out. Oh yeah. The order right. form, and I sent it in with a check for like six dollars. Right. To the guy because we found his address, and he did call, and uh, he was going to send it to me at that. Uh, no. Yeah, then then never happened. And he only has a landline. Right. So he's hard to get a hold of. Right. He doesn't answer. But... Perhaps he's disconnected after you were he, harassed. He now only has a landline. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have any line. He's, he's disconnected. He doesn't want to be bothered by right. you anymore. Okay. So, and then the next year, uh, Dragon 44, uh, the thing that was interesting was a Douglas Loss uh, attempted to give race and class to uh, old St. Nick Santa Claus. So he spends his article discussing... Uh, he thinks, oh, obviously, he's, legend says he's a jolly old elf, but he feels like there should be some halfling in there. So I'm not sure of a halfling elf uh, half-breed. That's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, he thinks he should be a magic user of extremely high level. Well, how, how, how level could it be if they're an elf? They can only be 11th level. That's right. You have level right. limits. They have level limits. Uh, can deities extend level limits? I don't think they can. He has mirror image on himself, he says. His sleigh and reindeer, I guess that's to prevent him from being detected. Uh, he has darkness on his reindeer, a permanent night spell, he calls it. Uh, he has no alignment. He uses wizard eye. Uh, what else does he say? He has no alignment. That's what he's saying. Santa's not good? No, he has no alignment, so he can detect who's good and who's evil. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said he has no alignment. Oh, no, it's- K N O W. N O. Yeah, he's at no alignment. He's, just, he's, he's neutral. Amoral. He is. He's beyond morality. Because <laughs> I'm like, I know there's a naughty nice list. Yeah, that's right. So, and then they did, you know, a good paragraph or two on the alignment. So, what alignment do you think he came up with for Santa Claus? Oh, Santa's got to be. Come on, Santa's lawful good. Why would he be lawful good? Because he believes in rules, not kids just running around doing whatever they want. Kids need to obey their parents. Hi, there's a hierarchy. He, well, many scholars, so I would put many you in that, scholars. opt for the immediate thought of lawful good. His argument is neutral good. And this is why. So he says, the regular repetition of the kindly acts he does each year precludes any sort of chaotic, but a close description of those acts must lead to the conclusion that some of them are not lawful. He lands on the roof of a house and enters it through the chimney, a clear case of illegal entry. You should appreciate that. Was yeah, he- that's, well, that, it's a whole debate. There's no, is he invited? If you have a tree, you're inviting Santa. I think he has he has permission, don't you think? Well, we don't know if he if he only goes. Is, does he only go to places that have a tree? I don't think so. That there, some so does Santa show up at houses where people don't want him there? Perhaps he goes to all houses and then he's like a voyeur, and then he decides once he gets there if he's going to leave the presents. Okay, I don't yeah. know. These are these are questions that need answered. He. Uh, he also attempts to ruin the economy because he leaves a multitude of gifts that are not carefully considered could mess up the economy of the planet. Yeah, I understand that. That it's, ineff- it's just the whole Christmas is inefficient. Right. Gift giving is inefficient. Right. And he's, you know... Uh, but the elves need jobs. That's right. See, it's very, it's, it's like, yeah, program. but then it's, it's a... Sub- so what are you saying is Christmas is, like, Christmas is an elf subsidy program? It's an elf right. welfare it's program? Elf, elf's work program. That's right. That's... Uh, <laughs> Perhaps, perhaps he, they, if they didn't, they would run amok. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's his argument. Okay. So, but you say lawful good, and you would, be with the, good. you would be with the scholars. So he thinks he's a cleric, high-level, neutral, good, elven, halfling, cleric, magic user. What do you think about that? Now, if he's a cleric, who's, he, who's his patron deity? That is a good question. I'm not sure why. It, so he, he, well, because he's known as Saint Nicholas. While he's never oh, been true. known to use standard mm-hmm. cleric spells, 
I think we have strong evidence of cleric as one of those classes. So the Pope? Does he report to the Pope? Well, well you know, it's, he, well, so it says, uh, he's, he's obviously a religious man as his principal appearances coincide with the winter solstice religious festival. So he could be a druid almost. Oh, if, I can see druid. If it's, if it's not a traditional Christian yeah. uh, mythos, it was just more of a mm -hmm. winter solstice kind of thing. And he's known as St. Nicholas, so... Mm -hmm. So we so either druid or assassin. Uh, <laughs> druid assassin. <laughs> druid assassin. I don't think he's a druid assassin. Uh, Who is he murdering? Well, that's right. He had to be evil. That's right. That's Krumpus. That's Krumpus. That's right. Krumpus is an assassin. Uh, absolutely, without a doubt, he's a totally illusionist assassin. assassin. He's a gnome illusionist assassin. He's totally an assassin. So, <laughs> okay. So if you want to read about that, that's in Dragon Forty Four. Um, then in Dragon Fifty Six. We have, uh, again, basically there's eight pages of reviews of games and tis the season to be reading. This seems to be a theme in the later ones where they do book reviews to basically. So the idea is uh, your, your kids need to, you, your friends who are into D&D, &D, they like reading fantasy books. Here are the books you get them. Okay. Well, that's probably useful. Right. So, but here's the problem is you'd have to be a parent. You'd have to be like realizing you should be reading Dragon Magazine. Right. The kids are reading this. Or, I mean, I guess you could tell your parents I want this. Right. Right? Exactly. Do you recognize any of these? I don't. Uh, Space Merchants, uh, Distant Stars, the Wonderful Lips of Something Limb. I don't remember these. But there's eight pages of that to review. Wow. That's uh, a lot of pages. Yeah, you can review that as well. And so that's what, from that one. Then we get into, again, Dragon 68 doesn't have a Christmas theme. It's just a dragon, go figure, on the cover. And it says, tis the season for literary gifts. So here we have uh, Jim Hogan and some other folks. Conf you know, uh, Confessions of a Crap Artist. I don't know what that is. but I wonder You want to read? Oh, I'll get that for you next year. The Darkling by David uh, Kesterton. Uh, Frank Herbert, we know that. The White Yeah, from Dune, right. And Shadows oh. of Sanctuary. Oh, that's Thieves World. That's uh, Thieves World. Yeah. Right. So that, that can't, that's some of these that are here. So again, uh, interesting stuff. Then uh, that that's was, what we should do for next year. What the gifts? We each get one or each other a book from that list. A book from that list? Okay. Okay. That sounds I good. I remember it though. Yeah, that's, that's, a year, that's a year from now. That's a long time, yeah, right? We could be dead. I, wow. We, no, you. Have, I have three years. You have more. We roll for that. That's true. I have eleven. <laughs> I'll get you. So we're, I'll get you eight extra bucks. So that well, did three years start this year or it starts next year? That's a good question. Because you may be down to two years. That's right. Should I start training your replacement now? Yeah. If you want to be here yes. on the show, we'll be, yeah, I can, info I should, at grogcon.com. I can interview my replacement because right. I'm going to die. <laughs> How are you feeling, Dan? I don't know. I'm doing okay. But I'm going to do my job. That's right. I need a replacement. Excellent. I love it. Well, I appreciate your dedication to the show. You're not just going to die without having a I'm going to give party. notice. Thank you. <laughs> two years. <laughs> two years. I'm giving my two years notice. Awesome. I will be dead. I appreciate that because mm -hmm. we would want the show. Our fans and friends would not want that to happen. The dice don't lie. Right. This is like two and a half men, right? When uh, Charlie, you're the original Charlie Sheen and the other guy shows up. I don't. I don't. Well, watch someone that else. Challenge. I didn't watch it either, but I knew something. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy who's, who's the straight man, basically. Okay. So... Uh, we talk, then in Dragon 80, December of 83, the only discussion here is gifts for monsters in the Phil and, and Dixie area. 
So uh, it talks about zombies are also hard to buy for. What do you get an indestructible dead person? Get them a tie. Zombies are terrible dressers. And so they have a picture of that. Vampires are difficult to shop for because they're a monster who has everything. We suggest either a, uh, a wake-up service or since they hate this problem with mirrors, a portrait. So there you go. That's some of the examples. Yeah, so it's you know 1980s humor, very exciting mm-hmm. stuff. So they talk about molds and jellies and uh, yeah, it wasn't that great. So there you go. <laughs> Finally, in uh, Dragon 92, there was actually something I would have liked back then, which was they had an advertisement for, um, it was the 10-year anniversary of TSR in Dragon uh, December of 84. Oh, yes, indeed it was. And so they had a special, look, look for the yellow label, at participating rails, up to 65% off dozens of popular TSR products. It was a huge celebration. So for, for if you would have bought a hardcover book. Oh, against the Giants. You would get Village of Hamlet, Hidden Shrine of Tamakuan, and the Dwellers of Forbidden City, and all the G-Series for $6. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. What do you think about that? We got to look for that label. Right. Well, it's right there. That sounds great. And it was good for a year. So we should print that label out. That's right. I, Tape well, it to go yeah. to the bookstore. And see if they'll give it to us. I don't think we're going to find that package. No. And the other problem is it expired December 31st, 1985. Oh, they were smart. They, they put, put an expiration. expiration. Yeah. yeah. They, they realized this was going to go on. So 10 years packed. Wouldn't that be a, You'd have to pay 60 bucks for all those things. Wait, now. was this in 1984? This was in December of 1984. So you get that thing that lasts for a year. It was the 10-year anniversary. They started with the whole, So the whole year, is that's, oh, that's very nice. Right. And they show you, you know, this is also fascinating. Uh, in the early Dragons, they had a list of DMs who registered, kind of like a... Yes. Not a sex offender list, but a DM <laughs> offender Stay list. Stay away from these DMs. Don't go to these DMs' houses for a game. <laughs> they had a list of these people that you could DM because apparently, you know, there weren't enough DMs. That's awesome. So it was Florida. What are so we Florida, about? well, you should see. This is what I was going to mention. So here I'm, it is. Yeah, but I don't think I've looked at these before. And never seen, there is, oh, Enterprise 1701. That's right. What's the Fantasy Apothecary? I've well, never heard of that. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you, the Fantasy Apothecary. I don't know. I've never heard of that. I need to inquire. I need to investigate. Enterprise 1701, of course, which is now Sci-Fi City. Sure, I used to go there all the time, of course. Yep. So there it is. Those are the two areas that you could go and get this deal back then. Yes. So I need to... T- oh, so I need, we need to... The next game at Sci-Fi City. We need to bring this label in. Right, and see if they'll give it And some. say to Troy, mm-hmm. the manager there, Right. I'm, here, I'm here's my $6. That's right. Where's my uh, bundle? Sure. <laughs> My my well, book. you have to buy a hardcover book, too. Okay. You can do that. I okay. think you could. Okay. All right. Uh, where's, where's your first edition hardcover? Oh, actually, they have been reprinted, haven't they? They have been. Can you go into, can you just walk in and find? Well, they were printed six years ago. I don't, you can't okay. find, they're really hard to find those. Already? Were, yes. Wow. They got really expensive because okay. they were new. Um, we need, we need, that's right, we do need a time machine. So I, then I also just started looking through um, White Dwarf to see how, mm-hmm. and the number that I found uh, didn't really have a whole lot of holiday things. The only thing I did see in White Dwarf 48, and I posted this on Twitter, was there was a, um, a contest that, uh, the, that was posted, and let me see if I can... So, 
Enter Games Workshop Christmas Adventure Competition, where you could win a gift voucher worth 500 L's. Pounds. Oh, pounds. That's what yeah. that is. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, imperial, yeah. uh, imperial credits or whatever they're called. Yes. Uh, yeah, games Workshop dollars. That's right. Games Workshop. <laughs> How much is this module? 500 Games Workshop that's dollars. Right. What? Wow, this got really expensive. <laughs> so, yeah, this is... Um, but you didn't, what, what you report out is you have not discovered a winner. Right. That was probably... They, they, we must find this. Right. I want to know the adventure. Uh, what? Absolutely. To me, that would be amazing. It sounds find. like there was no winner. Right. They're all bad. Yeah. Or they, or it was like what we do. We have a contest and we just never finish it up. In, yeah, fact, yeah. I, in fact, I have to do tomorrow. This, I'm glad you reminded me. I, Steve Herring, I got to send him his, uh, his Dragon magazine. I got to get that out. So I got to put that on my list of things to I, do. Yes. I would love to know if, if someone won this contest and where is the advantage. You know, that's kind of rough, though. Like, what if only a few people submitted them? Right. And then and they were all garbage. Yeah, and, and, and right. And uh, Steve Jackson and Ian Livingstone were like, no. No. These are, these are, these are horrible. We can't, Rubbish. Everyone is below a, just a minimum competency level for publication. Right. This okay. looks like, yeah. Yeah, 500, yeah, 500 uh, imperial credits would be awesome. So if you know about this, please let us know. Because what we wanted to do was run a holiday-themed And please. Adventure. If you submitted an entry and you didn't win, right. and you now let us know too. We're, right. just, we're, we're not judging. We're not judging. We just want to see. And we understand you did we'll, that 35 years we'll ago. We'll publish it. I would definitely publish it. We get Carlos to publish it. <laughs> this, right. This did not win. Carlos would edit it and it would be uh, Castle Entertainment. Of course, if he thinks it's not good, then we can't help you there. His standards are probably higher but than. They're way higher than ours. Than game, yeah, and Games Workshop. That's back it. In the day, perhaps. I don't know. All right. But one another uh, interesting thing that happened 40 years ago, which you reminded me of, is the 40th anniversary of. Of B2. That's right. Keep on the Borderlands was published in December. Of 1979. Of 1979. So 40 years ago this month, the famous The Keep on the Borderlands was published. Did you go through this, James, back in the day? Yes, many times. I did not. Um, and I, I have something embarrassing, I have to admit. I always thought it was Keep on the Borderlands. Oh. So what I, thought, I thought that was a verb. I thought Keep was a verb. Oh. So I thought, like, you need to, like, you know, keep, stay on the path. Right. Keep on, on the, border. the borderlands. Yeah. Don't stray from the borderlands, which made sense to me, right? Right. I mean, you don't want to be wandering off. Right, but, exactly. But I, so only when I started playing again and I decided to run this because I knew it was iconic. It was right. so famous. I'm like, well, I want to run this. We'll learn what, why, why do the players need to keep on the borderlands? Right. And then I discovered it's, there's a key. There's actually the key. Yes. So uh, I think we didn't play this back in the day perhaps because it was in the basic set. And so maybe, I'm just speculating, maybe we sort of veered away from it because it wasn't AD&D. Mm. Well, for our group, we definitely played it because it was a module. And I think at the time, there literally was not a whole, at the game store, there was the, you know, like you see in a lot of places. If you go to Walmart or Target or any large retailer, they don't have a large selection. They may have a couple of books or they have the starter right. set. So you, in the bookstores that were near my house, there right. was the red box and maybe a player's handbook, maybe a DMG, and maybe a monster manual. Yeah, what's interesting is they actually tell you on the back, everything, I guess, that's available can fit on the back here. So this yeah. is not a lot. I mean, and you're obviously not going to necessarily have all of this. Right. So, yeah, you didn't have a lot, of, a lot of modules. And actually, 
You know, I think one of the criticisms, if I recall correctly, of the early modules is that so many of them were high level. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of them were what tournament, like the G Series tournament. There weren't a lot of low level models. Like, let's go through the G Series is all high level, right? Yep. Obviously, the D, of course, because it comes after G and, and, and the Q uh, as well, of course. Yep. Uh, C1, Hidden Shrine of. It's four, four through seven. Thank you for saying that before I had to pronounce that. No, T1 was, was the that, AD&D that was the low AD&D level. Intro one. And I went through T1. I remember that. And then the. Uh, and see, so we didn't because we got this box. And after we did it, we basically made our own modules because we didn't want to spend the money on other things. So you got this box, you got this with the basic set? Yes. So you started with the basic set before AD&D? That's right. Got it. The red box. So you like the red box. The, so mold, the mold The mold bay. Yep. And that's right, because this started, it first, I believe, was in Holmes Basic, and then very quickly, once mold bay came out, it got moved into Yep. And into so mold that, I still have my original mold bay. That's great. In there. This it, is the original. And the S, which of course just is special, right? They're not yep. connected. Tomb of Heart is obviously crazy high level. White Plume Mountain is high. And Expedition to the Barrier Peaks is high as well, I believe, right? Or at least they're not low level. Oh, yeah, they're not, yeah, they're at least six level. So if you want to have a low level module, unless you were looking for some, found something in Dragon Magazine, like Citadel by the Sea or something like that, you, it was Keep on the Borderlands and Village of Hamlet. That's right. Um, what did you think of Keep on the what, what What did you and what do you? think of Keep on the Borderlands now? So um, back then, I thought it was great as far as it was what we wanted, a thing with lots of monsters that was relatively easy to run. And, you know, if, and, and there was this thing of if they picked the wrong cave, death could come quickly, which I thought was really super cool. Did you notice, I was reading this last night, and I noticed that Gary says that you might want to give the players, like somebody in the keep gives them advice that, you know, you want to stick to lower level. Right. Which I always thought was interesting because, well, number one, it's, it's so Gary's trying to say, try to avoid that from happening, right? That, that you wander into the, 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 the temple ogre, of evil yeah, Spoilers, right? If, we may say some spoilers here. If you, it has been 40 years, we feel right. like. If you haven't played it by now. And... Uh, but I was wondering, well, why does that guy know about it? So they know about the, you know, they know? Well, why does this guy sitting at the bar know right. about it? Um, but I'm sorry. So, yeah, so it, um, it, it delivered what you were looking for back in. Well, it did, and, and it was a common thing of reference. I mean, you can see here that some of this was, even though it's my module, someone else wrote, rewrote some of the things. They wrote, oh. rewrote some of the rumors. You know, I wonder if this is the first example of a rumor table. Because the rumor tales became quite popular, right? right? I mean, I know Vic Dorso, even in a recent game, he, right. in the Keep of Blood Red Falls, you go to the bar, you ask people stuff, and you see him rolling behind the screen. Sounds like he's got a rumor table. Exactly. So I wonder if this is the first one. Um, oh, a fair, oh, this is interesting. This person changed some of these to false. They must have changed the adventure up. Because an ogre yeah. sometimes helps the cave dwellers. He says false. He must have changed that up. Yeah. The ogre's not helping the cave dwellers. If you get lost, beware the eater of men. Oh, he took out the, uh, is that the owlbear or minotaur? It's the owlbear or the minotaur, yeah. True, a fair maiden is imprisoned within the cave. So he put a fair maiden in the caves. Yep. He or she. He. And, oh, I like, now how can you do this? He <laughs> changed Briark. How about that? Briark is the goblin language for we surrender. Of course, it's the alarm. Yeah. Which of course is now quite well known. That's right. Briark, he changed it to Iraq. For whatever he reason, that? I don't know. Maybe he changed. Maybe he changed language because I. Well, it was my module, but he. I gave it to you know we. Who? 
Uh, I think name? it was Kenny or Chris. You got to contact them. Uh, okay, I'll contact One's on Facebook. Do you I have their I'll number now? Hey, Bucky, have a good night. Good night, Bucky. Oh, sorry, Menion, good night. I apologize. Yes, you have oh. to work. We'll catch up on the podcast. Yes, sir. Good seeing you. They should give him. Come on, it's Christmas week. They should give him Merry all. Christmas and Happy New Year to you, sir. Beware the cave, caves with skulls. Okay, but so yeah, at a rumor table. So people adjusted it as they wanted to. Right. I thought... And so, so he put in, you know, obviously he statted some of the things, and you can tell that uh, if you look, like he made an illusionist magic user. Very, yeah, what's he Mindak Alhert. So he obviously used advanced D&D's things here. So he was doing... Because that's, you know, my... And that's what we did. We took, we eventually got the advanced things and we just changed it to make it AD&D. Right. And when I ran it recently, about two and a half years ago, right. I, I, I ran it as AD&D. Yep. So I think one of the things that's interesting about this is that I think that, you know, more, it's, it's obviously beloved. People love this, I think, in large part because for so many people, it was the first adventure they ever went through. It is also, it's, it's, there's not a lot of information in it, right? So right. the the NPCs are not well fleshed out. They don't even have names. They don't even have names. Just the bailiff, um, or the jewel merchant, whatever. And uh, you're not given any information as to why the monsters are in these caves. Why are they all there together? Yep. So close together. What's going on? And I guess the idea, the sense I get is that you know Gary was trying to keep it basic. Yep. You're supposed to be able to take this. You've never played D&D before. You're a DM. What do I do? Right. And run it. So it's not supposed to be overwhelming. That's right. You're not supposed to think too much, right? You just, like, you, you go, you kill. You don't ask a lot of questions right. about why are the hobgoblins next to the orcs, whatever. But it does also, I know a lot of people really like it, too, because if you are an experienced DM, it gives you a lot of opportunity to be creative, right? To Why are they next to each other? to have a real good backstory, a lot of intrigue with the keep. And so I guess uh, for a lot of people, they really like it because it works on both levels. Yes, right? that's right. It's simple in that you, if you're not going to ask a lot of questions, more importantly, your players are not going to ask a lot of questions. You know, we have to go back to that time frame where you know, I think it would be more difficult to run now in some ways because a lot of younger players have been conditioned by computer games. So they have the computer game phobia where they if it's not a list of options but they're also used to reading a lot of narrative when they interact with the npc there's a whole bunch of story that they do where here you don't have a whole bunch of story so uh i i'm curious you have uh, what is the reference point you know people played monopoly and risk and this type of thing they don't really have a reference point so simple go to the dungeon fight monsters and get them out is a pretty simple narrative and most people are not going to be like well, why is this keep here? Or, you know, what's the Castilian's background? How many f- fourth generation? You could do all that, but you don't not necessarily to start with this. Well, that, that's yeah, right. Ahead. That's right. And, and it, did, it did sort of set up this iconic, you have a home base. Right. right and you venture out, and you come back, and you can level up, and you can uh, recuperate, and then you head back in. And so it permits that. What surprised me is... You know, a lot of people have called this, you know, sort of one of the perhaps, you know, a sandbox, a mini sandbox, and it really is because this is not. If you're looking for an introductory adventure for a for a single night and to be done, 
I don't know that this is necessarily the best adventure, right? Because you've got a lot of caves. Yes, you can't finish this in one session. No, we were we were running it all summer. Right. Um, I, I think that I think the better introductory adventure the, is, is probably is the sample dungeon from Holmes. Right, the Xenopus one. The Xenopus one, um, because it's it's shorter. This one would take longer. There's a lot of caves, so. If you're going to run this one, keep in mind that there's there's a lot to do here. You you could be there for a very long time. And that was the value that I think it was. It was that you could run a whole summer. If you had this box yeah. you and you were off for the summer, this could be everything you needed. And when your guys were done, they were third or fourth level. I do think that, you know, I would think that at a certain point you want to start fleshing out background and things because, you know, I don't know, can you really... How many sessions? I don't know. Maybe for a long time, you know, session after session of going in and killing the baddies and getting gold and going out. Maybe when you're first learning D&D, you can do that for a long time, and it's a lot of fun. Right. Um, if I, when I ran this, I think I was not in a great place to run this because I was kind of in between. I hadn't run, I'd never DM before. I hadn't played D&D for about 29 years, so I needed something pretty basic. In the same vein... I was older, I had played D&D, so I understood and appreciated a good backstory and, well, why are monsters here? And, but it said didn't have that, but I didn't know if I was really supposed to, what, what I was supposed to do with it. Was I yeah. supposed to flesh it out? Was it, should I be creating a big backstory and changing the module? I think in retrospect, I now realize, yeah, it's what you should do, right? Yeah, a good DM exactly. takes it and runs with it and makes it interesting and fleshes it out and I was just trying to learn, you know, what a saving throw was. So that's right. I really, Getting back into it. Right. So I was sort of not, you know, and, and I had advanced players who were used to things that were more sophisticated. So I don't know. In retrospect, I don't know if it was the best adventure to run um, for me, right, getting back into the game. But there was, There's more prep than you probably would have wanted to do. To be sure. In retrospect, I should have run Towers Animus. Yeah. <laughs> like 12 rooms or something. Right, 12 rooms, and you go here, you do this. Exactly. And you get out. It was a lot of, pre- it was a lot of prep. Just, just prep, not in terms of what's the backstory, just like, okay, where are the traps, what's in the caves. And it was really hard is I didn't know what cave anyone was going to go into. Right. So I had to be ready every adventure. For the whole for thing. every cave. So right. I was reading this thing, the whole thing, before every session. Right. And at the end of the month, I'm like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I just emptied the caves, had them attack the keep. I love that. That was great. Well, it was fun because I couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, I cannot read as good as it is. Right. I mean, I've literally probably read this module like probably like 10 times. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's interesting that, um, to your point, that it was it's too large for an entry-level uh, introductory module because it's so pervasive. It's, and, and it assumes, I mean, today what's interesting um, it's, it's and I like to think special instructional module, yeah. In that I think probably also the history is that someone is going to take action. You know, whereas today, yes, there's someone who bought the box. They're kind of the first mover, but they may not want to be the DM. The idea right. is let's all play, and then someone who wants to be the DM they kind of move up and do that. Here, the assumption is you're the, you're the DM for your group. Maybe someone will come later, but you're the one who's going to. You've signed up for right. a whole bunch of things, so we're going to give you. How, how to become that. You've accepted this role, even though you don't have no idea what, so, what you've signed up so for. So you've agreed to be a DM. That's right. Well, and we'd be remiss, I think, if we didn't talk about, which I think is one of the, the best parts of the module and was actually quite useful for me because I had not been a DM before, is that all of this advice for right. DMs, right? I mean, so one of the great things, even if you don't plan on, on, on running Keep of the Borderlands, I think 
the information that Gary, and it's, it's great to see his insights into DMing back yep. in the day. I mean, a lot of this DMs obviously now, you're like, well, now I know all this, this is trite at this point. But back in the day, if you were a new DM, it was kind of neat to see, you know, Gary's like, don't, if they miss a secret track, uh, they miss a secret door, they miss a secret door. Right. Don't give things to your players. Um, if they go into the wrong cave, so be it. They've gone into the wrong cave kind of stuff. So it was interesting, though, to see Gary's insights play the monsters intelligently. I remember he recommended, which, of course, was famous advice for him. Or if they're stupid, play them is not very smart. Um, and they, they'll repopulate the caves. So if they leave, you know, they're going to stuff still happening back at the caves. So I thought his advice for DMing was, was really good. And that's probably... The whole thing, that's probably my favorite part of yeah, he, B2. Yeah, he, he, he says here, I, and I like some of the advice better in B2 than some of it in the DMG, because the DMG almost comes off as insider trading, uh, you know, insider's guide to DMing, where you're part of the secret club, and it's you against the, almost, there's almost an antagonistic kind of thing. You know, you're the maker of worlds and. Oh yeah, and if you're, what, if you're a player reading this, yeah, it's, it's instant death. Instant that's right. death. I've told you that many times. If you right. quote from that, it's death, page eight, not the right. chapter. Right. right. Here, Do I get a saving throw? No, there's no, it's instant, instant death. death. Both physical and uh, virtual death. Um, but here he talks about, like you said, that he should be neutral. That, you know, you're not out to get the players. It's not a us versus them. And, you know, within this page and a half or half a page, fair, give the pl monsters a break. If they do dumb things, there should be consequences. If they do good things, don't be sad if they do that. Very good guide. And, in fact, uh, not necessary to have 300-page DMG. I mean, the DMG is wonderful treatise because it spawns imagination, but... Uh, that's right. Just trying to read the modules. DM would be a curse. Absolutely. What was nice, too, is I think there was information, and I don't know if it's been pulled out of here. I know that there was an, a little cheat sheet on what you needed to hit and saving throws and all that yeah, as well. Yeah, that, that may have got pulled out. That may have gotten pulled out. Yeah, it really had everything you needed. You didn't need everything. You didn't need anything else. I mean, you could use the red rule book, but it had pretty much everything you needed. Even a glossary. Right, which, again, is a good thing, because a lot of these terms, if you weren't into the fantasy literature... I didn't know what a Castilian was. No, I, and I didn't know how to pronounce it. And, uh, oh, there's tips for players, too. And what I thought was interesting, too, is that Gary here says that the party, number one, they need a marching order, and that's yep. a classic. What's your that's marching right. order? And they should have a caller, which right. I don't think I don't think we did back in the day. I don't know that many groups no. do that, but Gary said you should have a caller. Um, tips for the players should be organized and cooperative. So we should probably, before every game, read this. Right, like to a sacred reading of the text. Yes, all read this out, right? All together, let's read and this. now right? the listening of the word. Players should be organized and cooperative. Each player should have complete information on his or her character easily on hand and should supply the DM with this information quickly and accurately if asked. As parties will usually involve a variety of alignments and classes, players should work together to use their abilities effectively. Arguing among players will cause delays, attract monsters, and often result in deaths of some or all of the members. Gee, do you get a sense that, like, how some of the... Gary already was experiencing this with right. his groups, exactly. right? They're bickering. They're like... You know, you have this image of, like, it's sort of, like, holy, this, this group, and they're right. amazing. My guess is the players that Gary had were, like, everyone many else. ways everyone else, and, right. except more better. More better. More better. More but better. But still in many respects. But they were making the game up as it goes, too. It wasn't so... was. 
you know, a situation of you can't say, well, who said so? Well, I said so. Who are you? Uh, well, I made the game up. Well, that's in one way. That's, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, the biblical thing of you're, you're Joseph's carpenter's son. You're not, you know, anyone special. We've known you, Gary, for Yes, that years. would be a great question for Luke Icax tomorrow yeah. night. Like, did people argue with Gary over rulings right. no, and interpretations? You're, you're just an author. I mean, you're you guy, you've lived here. What, that doesn't make you special. Did they argue over interpretations? He's like, I, I wrote think, this. That's right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's written there. Now it's anyone's yeah, to but interpret. Are, but who are I challenge your authority? I'm curious about that. I don't believe in original understanding, <laughs> original intent. That's right. I believe in a living constitution, That's a right. living DMG. That's right. I live in DMG. Okay, ready? This really does give insight to how it was always this way. Cooperation should also be given to the DM. Yes. We need to read this. Right. Camera right. games. He or she is the judge of the game, and his or her decisions are final. Hmm. If a player disagrees, was that in quotes? Final. <laughs> right. No. He or she should calmly, calmly state why and accept whatever the DM decides. Shouting. Wow. Crying. <laughs> Pouting. You need to post this on like every game that you run on Meetup. That's right. You need to like post this as a reminder, right? We need to have we need to have little cards made up of this, hand them out. Shouting, crying, pouting, or refusing to accept decisions only angers the other players. The game should be fun for all involved. Not everything will go the way the players want it. Wow. Not this good. sounds like a fun group. Forty years ago, same thing. It's been, that, nothing's changed. Well, and you like this too. Equipment. Planning is another important part of play. Players should be well equipped. Comparing each member's list. So many groups, they pick their equipment at the beginning. They don't talk right, to no each idea. other. That's like, right. oh, who has the torch? Rope, oil, torches, spikes, and all other items should be always be carried. Should plan their spells. All right. So this is. I think this is. I, I think that's the best part of this yeah. module. Was, yeah. The, the, there's pluses and cons, but it's iconic, and it's been 40 years. It's been redone a number of times. Um, they've done it for every, almost every edition. They've redone it, to, right? To because of what it is, and I think the big part of it, as we've talked about, is it's a frame of reference for all people who've played Dungeons and Dragons. They know the Minotaur. They know the White. You know, they they uh, know the Briark. It's a common lore that we can right. explain. The Mad Hermit. All these things are part of our law that allows us to talk it. You know, it's, it's almost an introductory course. So it's, again, 40 years ago, that's pretty awesome. All right. Okay. So I think your next thing is choose your own adventure. Well, I'm not sure what you call this thing. It is basically like choose your own adventure. So this is from First Encounter Magazine, okay. which was Canada's coast-to-coast fantasy and gaming. Shout out to our friends in Canada. Shout out to our friends in Canada. And we'll be having... Uh, Kelly Villamere on the show. Wonderful. In January. Excellent. Uh, he produced, uh, along with uh, others, the First Encounter magazine. And so I noticed, these are very hard to find, but I noticed uh, this one was available. And it, one of the features was, have you ever played a gnome illusionist, a gnome fighter illusionist trying I, to save your and village? I, and I currently do. Weekly Pew is a fighter uh, illusionist, so I'm This is perfect. I'm You're a perfect student for this, and this is designed. Well, I'll read what it says. It says, uh, the have you. So this is known as the have you column. Would you rather, basically. Right. Which will appear in almost every issue of this magazine is a quiz. There's nothing like taking a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> nothing says fun like quizzing. Right? My students love it. Okay. Is a quiz designed to test your skill Ooh. as a fantasy role player. Ah. Plus to test your knowledge of AD&D rules, monsters, etc. as per the TSR handbooks. 
This mini test or quiz offers adventure in various caverns, rooms, or wherever, where you are to choose what seems to be the best decision on handling your type of encounter. So this is so um, you are Warren or we are because we can oh, each yeah. pick a different choice, right? And okay. we'll just maybe do like one. There's multiple different segments yep. here. We can just do the first one. You are we are Warren Grinchmore, and so please, if you're in the chat room, uh, play along at home. That's right, play along. See if you can survive. So your goal, well, I'll read the background. Take care, John. Thank you. Um, oh, he's, he's, he's nervous. Okay. He's like, I don't know. I, I don't want to play the gnome fighter illusionist. All right, so. Yeah, and, and if you're going to play at home, you can't look at the books. This has to be just what you think. Because if you're, if you're going to give me advice and you're just looking through the book, that's not the spirit of this. Exactly. Okay, so here is, ready? So here, oh, I was, in certain cases, your best choice may be one which will minimize the damage taken but cannot prevent damage altogether. It's not the Kobayashi mirror. We can't cheat. You cannot. Okay. And then, uh, so, uh, all right. How to play is simple. Pick the best choice for every situation. Then check the answer sheet to see what is the result of your choice. Good luck. Thank you. Kelly Villamere. And um, I told Kelly we're running this, and he gave, he's a very enthusiastic about it. He thinks it's, okay. He said he, he, he gives us approval. So Excellent. I guess the copyright issues have been waived. They've been waived. That's right. You have a verbal approval, I think. Right. right? All right. Here's the background. Okay. The village of Morique was a peaceful and prosperous place to grow up in for you. Mm -hmm. This was largely due to the lawful good cleric Cedric the Wise. Cedric, love it. Who made many converts and friends in the area with humans, gnomes, and animals. Animal converts. <laughs> animals, gnomes, and humans. It's quite a it's quite a Sunday morning. This wow. is perfect Sunday morning. You got That's you're right. in like the uh, you're in the church. Church, you got, and you've got gnomes and humans and animal. And there's like around. an ox. Yeah. That's right. Okay. The, it, the, the ox are lowing. Cedric, Cedric's awesome. Yeah. Oh, but wait a second. Uh, there's trouble. There is trouble. Okay. There's, there's trouble, trouble in, in River City. Yes, there is. No, trouble in Marique. Marique. Why do they always pick hard names? You know what I mean? Well, I assume this is French-like. I mean, oh. this is Canada, right? Oh, you're right. M-O-R-I-Q. Because I'm like, there's no U after the Q. That violates the rules. Okay. And Cedric is sort of French-like. It's a, Maybe it's Kedrick. Could be. I can Okay, in later years, Cedric became overloaded with his work. Apparently. Right? And decided, what can go wrong with this? And decided to create a clay golem. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, how, how do you create a clay golem? So there's the first test. How high level is Cedric if he can create a clay golem? Clerics, can clerics do that? I thought it would just yes. be magic. Oh, oh okay. There, in fact, I Whoa. think that's the only a golem that a cleric can make, if I remember correctly. So when you see a cleric creating a clay golem, you know, like, whoa, don't yeah. mess with that dude? I, I, what, what level do you think it is? Because this is always fun, because you have... I'm going to say, yeah, I have no concept. I'll be like third. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say 12th level. 12th level. I believe it's 16th level. Wow. But I could be wrong. You look that up, I'm going to keep reading. Yeah. Okay. Because of the people's trust in Cedric, they soon grew accustomed to this figure of clay. Is that his name? Clay. Figure Clay's name. Clay. Name okay. and what he is. All was fine until an evil illusionist. Oh, they're always the baddie. An evil illusionist named Maximus. No, Maximius. M-A-X-I-M-I-U-S. Maximius, right? right. Okay, Maximius. Maximius in infiltrated the cleric's abode, killing Cedric in his sleep and somehow gaining control over the golem, right. which he used to rape and pillage the village. Rape? You, know, you know it's the early 80s. Wow. It's early 80s D&D, &D, my friend. This is an anatomically correct golem? 
horrible, horrific. Well, they may be using it not in the literal sense, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so yeah, this is terrible. So this is, this clay golem is running amok. It's just, is, is raping and pillaging the village. Right. After recovering from their initial fear, the villagers started sending out hunting parties to seek out Maximius's new nearby home in order to destroy the golem. One party managed to return with great success, bringing with them the dead body of Maximius, along with many bodies of men from the party who died fighting the golem. Mm. Garth, the leader of the party, told the villagers that the lair is filled with many false illusions created by Maximius, but the golem still inhabits the building and kills any living thing that it comes across. So this is a little bit, this reminds me a little bit of uh, Halls of Tiz and Thane, yep. spoiler here, right, yep. that you got sort of this Insane creature, creature that was the, destroyed his master. And you don't know how to get rid of him now, exactly, yep. and that's the problem now. The only way to destroy the golem is not by having a large party, but by one person or no, or no. alone. Or animal. Or animal. <laughs> so as not to attract attention. You. You. Warren Grinchmore. Warren Grinchmore. Are perhaps unfortunate as to be the most <laughs> likely <laughs> candidate yeah, to succeed uh, the, because the Grinch of you. stole Christmas. The Grinchmore stole Christmas. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically, he's kind of like looking down. It's like the big town hall with all right. the gnomes. And the animals. And, and the, the animals. And, and all the animals are looking down. Who shall save us from right. the Klegom? And he's kind of looking around, typical gnome, not paying attention. Right. Same with and all the animals, too. Quiet. And yeah, there is. No, they all look at him. All the animals. <laughs> all, the all, the all look at him. And they look at him. Oh, yep. boy. Poor Grinchmore. The only way. Okay, so. Uh, your um, oh because of your art of illusions so yeah that's they think I guess because there's a lot of illusions in there okay I guess you're the man okay. I guess I don't I don't agree with that I don't want to go but I'm fine um, to ensure your job destroy the golem yeah so destroy clay to ensure the safety of your village so there's humans in this village too right but they're gonna send humans the gnomes and animals it's those three categories yeah Garth gave you a map thanks for nothing Garth. Directing you to the location of the golem, a mere half day's travel. He warned you about the illusions which seemed deadly. In fact, so deadly that not even nearby kobold, orc, or knoll tribe members will approach you within one mile of the area. Well, wow. that's good. So at least yeah. we know there's not going to be a random passes. encounter. I love it. Yeah, that's good. To ensure secrecy, you decide to leave at night by the light of the full moon, mm. as your infravision should pick up any heat radiating creatures crossing your path. Oh wait, we have. I am the Christmas now. Here he is, Warren, all right? Yep. So we have Warren Grinchmore. Got it. There's Warren. Yep. And everyone's, okay. All right. Uh, your travels, taking you through- There's only the, 13 more pages of this, by the way. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll eventually have a choice to make. Yes. You're, uh, no, but after this, then it's all, it's all action. Your travels, taking you through the Olith Forest, go smoothly until about half a mile from the entrance of the late Maximius's lair. Ah. With your infravision, yes. you see about 50 feet away to your left a large husky creature approaching, making a ferocious grunting noise. Just then you remember that Garth had told you, oh, now I remember, about a werebore oh. sighted in the area. So here is today's, this episode's choice. Choice, okay. So you decide to, here are your choices. There will be 10. <laughs> choices, wow. By the way, before have, we do this. Do you have anywhere to go? <laughs> you, have, you have to be 17th level cleric or greater to make one. 
Wait, so let me get this straight. Yes, this, this is the part that's fascinating. Yes, so, Cedric so, yeah, so, 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 was a 17th level cleric. He could, but he was assassinated by Maximus, I think, yes. And Maximus was taken down by this party of villagers, right? right? Exactly. But they're like, but we can't handle this clay golem. <laughs> you know. You know. You go. Who okay. may be a fighter illusionist. So I, I may be 6th level, 6th and 7th Oh, wait, level. no, I know what. I've got the stats. Oh, okay. That's oh, good. let me tell you about Warren Grinchmore. That's good. Okay, so you're male. Your AC is 6. Great. Supplies. Well, at least you're smart. Food, torches, and belladonna. Nice. Because belladonna, doesn't that, that, that's a, a cure, an antidote for uh, lycanthropy, lic- right? Oh, yeah. If you've got to take it fast. Strength? What do you think his strength is? Uh, 11. 16. Wow. Oh, he's a fighter. 15 intelligence, oh, okay. 12 wisdom, 13 charisma, 15 constitution, 18 dexterity. Nice. I am level. You were pretty good. What did you say the guess was? Sixth, seventh or something? Six, seven. You there got you. it. I'm maxed out. You are Warren. You are, you are very Grinchmorian. Okay. I, I'm maxed out. Dart, silver dagger, plus one mace. Oh, we got a mace, plus one. Plus two short sword. Ooh. So, yeah, people need to know what they're using. Oh, you have a ring of lightning. What the heck is that? Does 7 to 42 damage to opponent. Okay. You get a, so there's no such thing as a ring of lightning? He made this up? I've never heard of it, but that doesn't mean there isn't. And you have a, sta- a staff of fear. Oh, okay. I've heard of wand of fear. You're neutral good. Like Santa Claus. Like Santa Claus. You are, these are your spells. You have audible glamour, change self. You don't need to tell me. That. Color spray. I got it. Yeah, but there may be choices. Improved phantasmal, invisibility, blur, suggestion, and dispel illusion. You have scrolls of paralyzation and dispel illusion. Uh, you know gnome, common doors, and burning animal. Hints for success. <laughs> I like this. Hints for success. Read story carefully. Excellent. So have you been taking notes? Yeah. I, I have been. You're a very good player. I'm trying. Okay. A1. So, okay, so a creature's coming at you. A werebore. Which well, no, I, you don't know. Well, you I, don't was, know. I was reminded there was a werebore. So, but you don't know it's a werebore. Oh, I don't. No, you just, you hear a large, you see a large husky creature approaching, making a ferocious scrunching noise. You remember that he told you about a werebore sighted in the area. Gotcha. Werebores are nasty, aren't they? They are. They're Ooh. angry, angry, angry things. Angry werebore. Angry werebore. The angry werebore. It's like elf. Come here, angry. That, that's our next pub, the angry werebore. I like that. You like the angry werebore? Well, well that's redundant. Eating a gnome. Eating so a gnome. it'll be like Warren Grinchmore's heat just coming out of the... I, yeah, so I've, I've lost already? You haven't no, no, no. We don't know if you have yet. A1, here's your 10 choices. Attack immediately with silver dagger. Okay. Do, um, oh wait, we're supposed to be testing knowledge because I don't know. So I guess don't tell me anything. Okay. I think Attack silver, silver dagger. I think that works on a, a lycanthrope. That seems to make sense to me. A2, attack immediately with short sword. It's a plus two short sword. So see, he's being very smart here. He's testing you. Is it, do you need a magical item? Do you need a silver weapon? Yeah. A3, use to spell illusion. Ah, this could be an illusion. On scroll or cast a spell for it as this obvious illusion, uh, at this obvious illusion, then walk by with mace. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to suggest that I think A3 is bad, but I'm thinking that might be a bad choice. A4, use paralyzation scroll. If it fails, attack with a dart, then attack with mace. A5, cast invisibility. Then run past it immediately with mace in hand. Oh, we, I may want to save the invisibility spell. Um, A6, cast change self into human form, then approach it, talking in common, with sword ready for defense. A7, attack with ring of lightning immediately, then attack with dagger. A8, use blur spell, 
then attack it with mace, a9, cast suggestion on it to leave or be harmed, speaking in common, having dagger ready for defense, a10, take a bite of belladonna, then attack with dagger. Those are your choices. I don't like any of those choices. Well, How, we about got a clay, you know, How about flea? That was not on there, parlay. <laughs> So we've got a clay golem. So how are we going to do this? We'll each do our own separate choice, but can we talk about the different... Can I want to talk? Can we talk? Of course. Okay. We have a clay golem to deal with. Well, we're not dealing with clay golem I right know, now. but we want to save spells and things like that, right? right? I mean, we don't want to lose. So, so the question is, can a, can a lycanthrope... Don't tell me. Don't tell me. But I know there's an issue here of what, what kind of weapon do you need to hit. Right. And like it through. Is it is it silver or is it magical? I, I, well, my do you want me to tell you or not? No, don't tell me because I think it's magical. Is what I think it is. Um, do you have any thoughts? What, what what are you leaning toward? My preference was because I know there's lots of illusions and we're not in the cave already. We're outside the cave. We're outside the cave, so right. it's probably not an illusion. Probably, or if if it's uh, an illusions for the most part, uh, if it's done by the rules. Uh, illusions are not permanent typically, unless right. they're concentration of that. Good so uh, it's very likely that would be later in the thing. So we should probably strike off A3, use to spell illusion. Yeah, I would hate to use that right away when, again, we get uh, I would say... Well, right, what would you say? What do you like between silver and short sword? I would use a short sword. Because you, you think you need magical. Well, I think silver will work, but I'd, I would do more damage with a short sword, and it's plus to hit. I like, you know, the paralyzation scroll isn't a bad idea. No, the paralyzation is a good idea. Because you probably can't paralyze a clay golem. Paralyzation no. probably only works on... That's right. Now, a werebore is human, part human, right? Right. Okay. So paralyzation's a good one. Invisibility's not bad, but we may want the invisibility to sneak up on the, uh, the on clay. Well, clay Anything? golems are very powerful. I don't know all the things. They have some very powerful things. So I, 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 would, I, I could cast invisibility and sneak by... Uh, some wear creatures have a heightened sense smell, so I, I would I would suggest fighting. But you want to try? I think I want to try to cast suggestion first, because maybe I wouldn't have to lose your hit points, and that fails an attack. What do you think? Right, change self is not good. Dispel illusion, I don't like. I'm not. I like a I like suggestion, suggestion, or or attacking with the sword, and then followed by paralyzation. And um, the bite of belladonna first, I think, is a bad idea. I think you take the bite of belladonna after yeah, yeah, you've been, right. right? Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it right now. I wouldn't either. Okay, so uh, what, 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 is, uh, what is your James? So there, I'm sorry, Warren Grinchmore? I, I'm, I'm going to, uh, with the crowd, and uh, Bucky's not sure either. He likes the belladonna and the dagger. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the paralyzation. I think I'm going to. I don't want to anticipate fighting a lot of monsters in here, so I'm going to assume that this is a creature. So I'm going to cast paralyzation. Okay, so James has selected A4, with my backup being A2, which right, is. Right, so you're using a paralyzation. You have a scroll. Yeah. Right, so you cast. Okay, so you're A4. Right. There's no backup. That's A4. That's it. I'm doing A4. I'm going to do A9. I feel like we're ordering a meal. That's right. I'd, I'd like A9, please. I'd like please. to get the A9. How's the paralyzation today? Yeah. I'd like, I'm How gonna is do... the paralyzation today? Is it good? Is it good? Eh, it's a we have a special <laughs> suggestion. A... Yeah, it's a little... It's a little... Yeah. yeah, just between you and me. Right. I'm going to go with A9. I'm going to do the suggestion. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, because I want to try to save some hit points. Right. And um, who else out there? We, we're going to need choices. Oh, Bucky's. Oh, I said Belladonna. You know what, what, what uh, Gary says is that he, he waited. No, that he didn't wait. He, he said. Oh, I'm sorry. A, extra, oh, he wants to do A9, extra crispy, which is the lightning. He, 
Oh, wait, sorry. No, A9 was the suggestion. You want to do, uh, he wants to do, uh, A7, A7 is lightning, All ring right. of lightning immediately. All right. And then attack with dagger? Yes. He's, I guess he oh, wants Oh, that's seven. great. So he's doing seven. So now, now we have to figure out, okay, well, actually, we don't have to look up anything because they're going to tell us the answers. Right. All right. So we've got a, you're a, what are you? You're A4? Paralyzation. A479. All right, let me go to the answers. Returning and flipping. Wow. There's Returning. a lot of answers. There's a lot of, no, this is going to be like all year. Okay, ready? Yes. Oh, here, let's talk about if you had done, what would have happened if you had done the wrong choices, okay? Want to do that? Okay, sure. So attack immediately with a silver dagger. Ah, you would have killed it, but you would have taken six hit points of damage in melee. Oh, that's that would have been rough. What do you got? There's like blood all over the snow. It's not that big. Six How many, points. Oh, wait, where are my hit points? I probably, I probably have 40 or 50 hit points, I hope. I don't see hit points. Perfect. There's I no hit points listed. Hit points. Look, do you see hit points listed? I do not. I do not. Well, it'll tell you if you're dead. Yeah. Okay. A2 would have been better. Yes. You would, you'd killed it, but take four hit points of damage. Number three is the Dispel Illusion. We all thought that was terrible, didn't I think? Right? Take 12 hit points of damage before killing this real werebore. Yeah, so we knew that wasn't good. Okay, we're going to skip over four, because that was yours, right? We'll do that later, right? You're, you were paralyzation, right? Yeah. We'll do that later. A5 was the invisibility. It works, no damage. Nice. That would have been good, so he liked that, but you would have you would have blown that spell, so you wouldn't be able to do that later. But I would be invisible, as long as I don't do a hostile Oh, that's action, true. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. A6, which was the change self, and then you were going to, into human form, approach it, talk in common, with sword ready. Spell works, but no good against this foe. It attacks... Take eight hit points of damage. I don't know what it, you, you lived or died. A8 was the blur spell, and then attack with a mace. Spell helps, but still take four hit points of damage in melee. And then A10, a bite of belladonna. Take 14 hit points of damage before killing it. All right. So now on to James. This is what happened to you. Paralyzation. You're casting. You're pulling out your scroll. It is racing at you. Your way, you're, you're speaking this spell, it works. No damage. Ah. Congratulations. There you go. You, you're doing really good. You're a very good student. Well, but I, I crossed off paralyzation. Okay. And then I, I, I kill it horribly with my sword. Exactly. And now it comes to, all right, if you did the A7, the Ring of Lightning, it works. You take two hit points of damage from melee afterwards. Okay. Well, but that's a pretty good choice there. Very nice. I'd say good that's job, an A minus. Okay. You were an A. It's an A minus. And I am A9 suggestion. I got a bad feeling about this now. It doesn't work. <laughs> Take 10 hit points of damage before killing it. I'm, I'm, I haven't failed yet. Well, I've always said I'm a terrible player. I mean, have they seen Pixie and Glade? <laughs> oh, no, the no. Ah. Wait, okay, but now I need to know why did it not work? Because it doesn't work. Where's suggestion? Where's my player's handbook? Why didn't it work? Uh, maybe it, maybe, maybe it took a save. Yeah, maybe it got a. I'm sure it gets a save. Oh, like Canthrope. That's funny. That's not funny at all. All right, so illusionist suggestion spell. Well, I assume it, it's going to send me back to magic user, right? Suggestion is yeah, it's uh, third level magic user. Mm -hmm. I got. I have some questions for Callie in yeah. January about this suggestion. When this spell is cast by the magic, he or she influences the actions chosen. It's just, you get a saving throw. The creature to influence must, of course, be able to understand the suggestion. 
Maybe that's the issue. Maybe he doesn't understand in common. When he's a boar, he doesn't understand. Oh, maybe when he's in boar right. shape. Oh, so that's, you know, I'm learning. I like this. It says they have their own language, which is spoken in addition to common. But then the assumption is, can they understand common if they're in their wear-bore shape? Oh, so, okay. So, but, you know, this is useful because you may have a DM that says you don't want to risk it. Right. You may disagree, but remember what we just read from Keep on the Borderlands. That's right. DM's decisions are final. Correct. So, yeah, so he may have been coming at me as a big bore, and he doesn't understand common, and it didn't work. Okay. Because otherwise, can it work on any We, we gave you the lightning, I thought. He, he, I think he originally did Belladonna Dagger, but then I thought you changed, was joking about a and a food order. Okay, well, whichever one you did, now you see this is... This is the fun of this thing. So, oh, cool. he used the bell and I. So, what would have happened? So, that he got was 14. Oh, wow. That was, a big, that was a big hit. Oh, he's an honest Almost, player. Right. Well, that's why he's a good player. To play. You're doing the best. All three of us are still alive, though. Yes. But you're doing the best. Well, apparently, none of them. You can't die in the first edition. This is, we have, that's the that's issue. True. I oh, have. that's nice. That's I, sweet. Why couldn't he? That, I'd like the adventure to end. You're dead. Yeah, they should have been like play dead, like curl on a ball. Yeah, <laughs> you're really dead. <laughs> yeah, there should have been just some terrible ones. Like, exactly. you know, there's always like the answer choice and the multiple choice, like that's just dead fish. It's right. just like clearly wrong. Right. Yeah, we needed one of those. Absolutely. Okay, but here's the good news. After the first edition of Have You, uh, Warren Crinchmore is alive in all three right, right. parallel still, we're universes. We're still moving. You're still moving. That's right. All right. Excellent. Well, I, I look forward to that next time. That was more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and now you've done all the setup, we can say we're not going over the setup every time. You know where we're at. You know the instructions. Right. The Go quiz back is to on. This one. You have to come back to this module, uh, uh, episode. Right. Well, very good. Well, let's, uh, I think, uh, let's do our gift exchange now. Oh, that's right. So this is our suggestion slash... Uh, yeah, com- oh, compare, uh, we'll compare scores at the end. That sounds a good idea, Bucky. Yes. Well, thank okay, you very much. You're welcome. This is for you. I don't know if you'll appreciate it, but... Uh, of course I'll appreciate well, it. Well, I don't know if you will. Um, it's kind of something I'd buy for me. And you've got me. I bought something for me. Right. This is to... Oh, you got to read what you said. The, the, the Ghost of Modules Past. And this is and this is to Dan, from Dan. Oh, excellent. So I bought those myself are my, those something. Are my favorite. So which one should I... Well, you... You can open that. Oh, this is heavy. This is, has heft to this it. Is, now, I, I, before you open it, I'm going to apologize because I violated the rule that you really appreciated me for. Um, you'll open and you'll understand what I'm saying, but okay. I hope you enjoy it. And this is something, and, and what you're going to see here, I hope you, you like this. This is, um, this is something that's very hard to find. So, so you can awesome. at least trade it or sell it. I'm not planning to do no, either. You can do, you can do both, either one of those. I have, I have, this is an extra one. So I have this, okay. but I saw an extra one available, and I'm like, it only comes available like every several years oh, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. So I grabbed it. Oh, okay. So you can Well, uh, this is a fitting end to Grog uh, talk for this year because... Oh, this is great. This is what I thought. This is awesome. Now, I'm sorry for those people listening at home. Ooh. This is Dungeon, the board game. That's right. You mentioned you liked it. There was fun. That's we right. will bring this to GrogCon. And we have a party on Friday. So for those who, oh. by the way, this is typical grog talk, right? We've drank on here, we've eaten cereal, and now we're opening gifts. That's right. People kind of, this, right. this is what people come for the show for. We basically just hang out and audio tape it. <laughs> That's right, exactly. So this is Dungeon, the game. I played this for the first time at GrogCon That's right. 2019. Exactly. With Carlos Lysing and Nick Monito and, a, uh, and uh, a fourth player. 
That's right. I didn't know. I don't remember. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We should get like the. I wonder how many players you can have. Does, oh, where does it say? That's four to Is six. Is it up? To, oh, one I was tape. hoping it could be like for one day. For one day. We need to have like eight players. Yeah, we should have a dungeon game. Yes. Well, we're having an event this Friday, right? We're getting together right. with when Vic and Jeannie come down. Uh, so we, I figured we could play it then. That would be great. So there you go. Thank you. And this is the Lost Abbey of Cathaway. So this is right. So this was a 1979 module. Wow. Put out by, by Phoenix, Phoenix Games. Games. There's awesome. only two put out by Phoenix Games. This one is considered the better one. It up. Yep. It's, it's. I haven't run it yet. It's considered very good. Oh, and, and you got a second copy. I have a second copy. I got Wonderful. it from Alan Grohe at Black Blade. Had an extra copy. Ah. It's very hard to find, and so it appeared. I do random searches for models like this, and Beautiful. it appeared you, on sir. Amazon. So, yeah, so it's obviously beat up because it's you know it's in pretty good shape. It's not bad. No, it's wonderful. But Did I give is... you my nice copy? Maybe oh. I give you the wrong copy. It's mine now. Oh no, I'll take. Thank you so much. I will. Do you want me to run this for you, or do you want me to? Oh, I've already read, read it. it. Okay, so you're. Oh, so I read it much. So I'm I got. not going to read it until you run it for us. Oh well, then you can. Okay, certainly. If you wanted to go through it, yeah, yeah I'd absolutely. Love to go through it. Thank you. That's awesome. I love rare stuff like that. So that's really. Yeah, cool. Thank you for Dungeon. Oh, and wait, a gift for me. A gift for me. From really? me. From me to me. I love it. So I couldn't. I I bought myself a gift. This is the literally the only Christmas gift I can have. I bought this, and this was it. Oh, I can't. What is it? I'm so what, I wonder what you what who, what oh you got God. yourself. I'm so excited! Did you notice that the tissue paper was color coded to the module? I did not. That was uh, that. Well, I yes, you're right. It is. And then white wow. too, and then some white. white. That is. That's a lot of thought. Paul. And this is color coded. What? What is this? Dan, you shouldn't have. Starstone. You actually got Starstone. Oh, Dan! Thank oh, wow. you so oh, much. Oh, that's right. You weren't allowed yeah. to look at this. That's right. <laughs> I Christmas. forgot. That's right. <laughs> My wife. She caught me it's reading not, it. It's not even Christmas, and you still opened it early. I said, "Honey, can I buy this module?" She's like, "How much is it?" I'm like, "Early." Yeah. And she's like, "What?" I'm like, "It's the only thing I'll get." And she's like, "Okay." And then I came, and she saw me reading it. She's like, "Isn't that your Christmas gift?" Oh, that's so, awesome. So yes. Oh, thank you, Dan. That's awesome. So yeah, so from Northern Stages. So this, what is this the history? What is the this history is more of rare than this? <laughs> I bet. What is the history of Starstone? So this is Paul Vernon, okay. which, as you may recall, Paul Vernon did yep. a lot of publishing in White Dwarf. Right. Uh, he influenced, uh, as we know, um, uh, Daniel Collerton. Daniel Collerton. Other folks, right? Exactly. He mentioned it. And he wrote an adventure in White Dwarf called The Tr Trouble at Ember Tree, and it was a prequel to this. And then he formed his own company called Northern Sages. And he wrote Starstone, and he was going to do additional ones, and they never came out. And only so many of these were issued. And so it's just, I mean, a lot of it is just sort of the fact that it's crazy rare. But people consider this to be a great, great, one of the all-time great On adventures, it. Starstone. It's so you're going to run that? Absolutely. Oh, Probably good. the summer is going to take a little bit more time. So maybe the summer coming up. So, uh, yes. So there it is. So. All right. And if you're in the Orlando area, I mean, Dan does put up on meetup.com, our, our Central Florida Grognards Guild. Uh, if you're around, we'd love to have you because it's, it's not a standard group. So that's, that's congratulations. Right. A lot of one-offs. You know, that was very thoughtful of Dan to get you that. He is Dan. so sweet. He knows exactly what you want because you've mentioned perfect. it a number of times. Yes, yes. I'm so surprised he found it. That's right. So what are these other things that you have? Okay, so these are Christmas poppers, right? So in... in England. You have really, Britain. we've really become Anglophiles. We have. Yeah. So you, uh, you, you pull these, uh -huh. and there's, I think they pop, and there's little gifts in there. And did you make these? No, I bought these. Oh. I'm not that good. I was going to say, because this is impressive. No, no. 
So I think you just pull, you ready? So I, yeah. I'll go for it. I think you just pull it. <laughs> it didn't really pop. It's not pop. And then stuff comes out. <laughs> okay, here we want to. Oh, that oh, was a little that, better. There was some pop there, there right? Pop yeah. Wait. You owe. It's just this? Wait, that's it? I feel like it's the little orphan Annie. Wait. That's right. You, it's you, a little drink, notepad? Drink, drink more Ovaltine. I got. I just have a little notepad. So, I guess in England, you do these things and you... These gifts are terrible. This is the history of Tom Smith. So, there's a little story, what? which I'm not going to read here. Why not? Because it's about five paragraphs here if you want to read the story of Tom Smith. What? These gifts are awful. Small. Oh, so this... The, apparently, these gifts are just like stocking stuffers. They're little treats at the end. So, unfortunately, Menion and our friends who came from the United Kingdom... Are not here anymore to, to kind of school us on this, but so I have some kind of magic trip triangle thing. That's my gift. Did Tom Smith invent poppers? I don't want to read this whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. Oh man, these were not very good gifts. What did you get? I got some kind of thing that you <laughs> you're supposed to uh, like take apart. It's like a magic <laughs> triangle. And you got what did you get? Oh, you got a notepad. <laughs> You can write. You can write down what you really wanted. This is so small. I want fires. I want firestone thing. Oh, by the way, I forgot to show you those. I got to show you that next week. But firestone. Okay. So well, that that ended. It was sort of anticlimactic. So some traditions maybe don't cross the <laughs> pond as well as others. Well, I think some stuff. I think some poppers are stuffed with better stuff. What, what? This clearly. Wait, you got more stuffs coming out? Is he, I know, there's something else in here. Hey, why did you get all this stuff? And I just you got. Look, you should look in. Oh wait. Hang on, is it? Wait. Oh, the hat. Then you wear the hat. You're, oh, look, I got that too. Is it the same thing? And then there's a hat. You wear the hat part. <laughs> is there a hat, really? You do. <laughs> is, that, is that on? You do. <laughs> it's got to get bigger than that, doesn't it? Yeah, keep opening. Oh, okay. You do realize. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, that's what I was afraid Here, of. Here, you date mine. Oh, that's okay. You do realize once it's on the internet, that's right. It's out there forever. Like, there you go. <laughs> I'm not putting it on because I know because I know that that's what you're going to make the cover. You know the still. That's right. The freeze frame. That's, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm not putting it on. Oh, okay. This is the same thing. The history of Tom Smith. Yeah. So what you do is you get the history. He probably invented the popper, don't you think? I would say so. And then yeah, my the gifts were terrible. Yes, I would say novelty good for us, but the gift. He introduced, the, he introduced the paper hats, and he toured the world to find new and unusual ideas for the gifts. Ah. A small love motto in the tissue paper. He created enormous interest in this product. Okay, yeah, so it's basically describing okay. the wonderful. history of the popper. That's not wonderful. It's no, terrible. It's not that great. It's awful. Where's the, where's the trash bin? Uh, we'll, we'll worry about that later. Don't worry, don't worry right about that. Right in the trash bin. <laughs> okay. So some other gifts that I think if you have, you know, a lot of us have people who that they don't play D&D &D or they don't play fantasy role-playing games, but you want to try to introduce them, like my wife, who has no interest at all. Why would you want to introduce them? Well, you, maybe you don't. Maybe your sons or whatever. So I have a couple of games that are D&D-like um, that you can get them involved with. One of them I've talked about before, which is Diablo 2, this one right here. Let me move this out of the way. Oops. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Uh, so this is kind of a D&D &D in a box, and you make up characters, and it's based on the video game, but it's, it's a D&D, &D and it has random generator. Uh, these are still available, and it's 
a good way to get into D&D without not having all the rules. Mm. So you can look at that. And Tabletop RPG, no computer required. Boy, they have to say that nowadays, don't right. they? Well, no this came out in 1999. So Diablo 2, so this is like a D&D... Right, it's a D&D adaptation of the video game of Diablo. So you can play the, the story of Diablo, but using Dungeons & Dragons. And you can use it as an introduction to role-playing right. games? that's right. So it's a little bit like... Like the dungeon of its time? Because a lot yes. of people probably played dungeon first and then played. Yeah, so it has random tiles. It has dice. You make saving throws. It has the dice that come with it. And you have characters, and they have the powers that they have in Diablo. So they're sort of like uh, you know, wizard and paladin. Mm-hmm. So it's good enough to get them involved with a D&D-like game. Okay. So that goes there. If you wanted to torture your right. family members. That's right. Who have no interest. So another board, more of a board game type of thing Whoa. is... Temple of Elemental Evil, which is this was redone, I think, in 2014, 15. So this is this is really a board game. Um, you have characters with skills, and you pull out tiles, and the and it's the dungeon floor. And as you uh, pull out the tiles, monsters appear, and they're cultists and the things yeah. from the Temple of Elemental Evil. So and then you either defeat one of the elementals or a dragon or something like that. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's not D&D, but it's, in fact, you don't have a dungeon master. It's a cooperative game. You're all working together. So you get the flavor of D&D working together, hopefully not arguing, as Gary said. <laughs> and um, you, it develops the story, and hopefully it will uh, cause them to be interested in these type of games. So the it's reason... A, it's a big... It'd be fun to unwrap, because yes, big. People big. lift it up, and, and it has heavy. heft. This doesn't even have the miniatures in it. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, what's this? And then they're like, oh. So part of the reason I got this was for the miniatures. So these are—they're normally plain. They don't—they're not colored. But I painted. These. Oh, I thought these were Vic's fellas. No, no. these are mine. These his, are fr- his boxes are his. The boxes are his. That's okay. right. So these—well, uh, that's oh. his too. The wolf. That's like the wolf. Or the werebore is coming. Yeah, the werebore. So um, that's another fun game. And another kind of fun game in the tradition of old school is a game called Boss Monster, which we really like. You make your—you are the dungeon keeper. And you're trying to keep the adventurers out of your dungeon. So you build your dungeon to be as deadly as possible. And these heroes try to get through and they get defeated. And that's how you win the game. Wow, you got a lot of, you've been doing a lot of collecting. Yes. We, I, well, you know, I have kids and sometimes they don't want to play D&D. They just want to. You could do YouTube videos on each one of these games on how I, to play. I could. But you could. People but... have done that before. And, I they, and they do it way better than us. So anyway, that's, uh, those are some gift ideas. This one, I don't know, it's about 15, 20 bucks. Uh, Temple of Elemental Evil right now is on Amazon for about 45 bucks. Uh, this one is like Dan thing. You have to go out and collectible. Uh, but I like all about them because they're relatively simple to run. You don't have to do a whole lot of uh, prepare, preparedness. And you know what makes a great and, gift, too? And dungeons are a relatively inexpensive thing, too. And what you got me last year is Art and Arcana, which is yes. great. So I know we probably don't have anyone listening who is seeking to buy a gift for a D&D. Well, we may. We may. I mean, or buy it for yourself. Or buy it for yourself. And I don't know, can you walk into a bookstore and yes. find Art and Arcana? Bar, uh, not Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble, they have Okay, it. yeah, so yeah. it's not too late. They have a special edition there. They have the red one there for a while. So this is the normal oh, one. And okay. then they have the uh, limited edition. Okay. Yep, it's never too late. Okay. Wait, we forgot to do something. What? We forgot to roll for Divine Intervention on the Frost Man. Oh, yes, the Frost I get a roll, Man. don't I? Yes, sure. Oh, what's going to come? Like some ice demon or something. Oh, yeah, what is that? What's the uh, uh, bone method? devil? Uh, Wait, uh, no, what's the ice? Isn't there an ice devil? There's an ice devil. Ice devil, right? All right, let's see. What's let's my see. chance? Ten. Because that would take the Medusa. What happens then? Uh, I don't know. We, we have two we new mana re- monsters. We have to retcon it at some point. 
79. Uh, see, I, These dice were really high. See, once again, the DM, I don't worry about something until I have to worry about it. Yeah, you're right. I'm like, let's see if you roll. That's a pro tip. Right. Don't. So I'm like, yeah, let's worry about it after. So it didn't happen. You're still stoned. Medusa's wandering around, going after Santa Claus. That's right. Which we may have to uh, figure out, adjudicate that. Well, you do need to roll a D10 because we have to say how well this podcast went. Okay. All right. So uh, D10. Right All right. Holiday special. Four. <laughs> That's our highest rated holiday special ever. <laughs> That's right. The best one we've ever had. It's our best. It's been our, I think this has been our best holiday special. It is, and, and probably we'll do it again. So. Um, Again, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, website, Google Play, iTunes. Please review, like, and subscribe. Our uh, things are moving up. Again, we appreciate it. Really, uh, this has been a great year. We have, so I wanted to also talk about next, this week coming up, because uh, today is Sunday, we'll be at, uh, at Blackmore Studios on Saturday. Yep, live from Full Sail University, where Dave Arneson taught. We've been granted limited access. Wonderful to uh, Blackmore Studios to broadcast, and my understanding is that there is a display there right. of Arneson memorabilia. And we're going to be pr- broadcasting live, and we're going to have a special guest, right? Yep, we're going to have Dave Wesley, who, uh, of course, uh, invented Bronstein, uh, and many credit with being the originator of role-playing games, because he had these, if you've seen uh, the documentary Secrets of Blackmore, and if you haven't, you should definitely Absolutely. see it. See well it. worth running it. We haven't seen it yet. I'm hoping when uh, Vic comes down, we're going to do a, a, a viewing of it on Saturday night. Right. I took a sneak peek. It's yeah. awesome. All right. And uh, so uh, it, that talks a lot about Dave Wesley and about how he used role. He, they took people who were in this war game, a plan of war game, and gave them, he gave them personality. You could play a particular person. Right. And so role playing started. So it wasn't fantasy. So, so it wasn't fantasy role playing. Just role playing. It was role playing. Gotcha. Um, but uh, so many credit him with being the inventor of role playing games. He will be our guest, and he was in Dave Arneson's Blackmore campaign. And so he'll be our guest. And uh, we may have, uh, and if we don't do it this week, in a subsequent week, we may have one of the uh, producers of uh, Secrets of Blackmore, Griffon, who's been we've been talking to. Yes. Which would be very. He good. said yes. He said uh, anytime. So for for Grog Talk, we first of all, Merry Christmas. Uh, if you don't if we don't available to watch the show or listen to the podcast next week, have a happy new year. We're looking forward to an exciting twenty twenty. It's been a great uh, uh, nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. That's right. Nineteen eighty plus forty. It's nineteen seventy nine. Uh, it is. That's right. Uh, um, I'm still playing with my Atari twenty six hundred. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I look forward to a new year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, James. And so for Grog Talk, I'm James. I'm Dan. And we will see you all next week for, or actually this Saturday, not next week, for uh, Grog Talk. Take care. This is Big Publishing Puppy Production. All rights reserved.